Blog Talk Radio. Why would I spend the rest of my days unhappy? Why would I spend the rest of this year alone? When I can go therapy, when I can go therapy, when I can go therapy two times a day. Why would I spend the rest of this week so bitter? And all that listening is making you bitter too. When I can go therapy, when I can go therapy, when I can go therapy two times a day. Why would I spend the rest of my days unhappy? Why would I spend the rest of this year alone? When I can go therapy.
As I've read the message boards on canesport.com, I've been amazed at the depth of the emotional pain and unrest that resulted from this loss. A lot of fans are questioning Mark Rick's play calling, and they're questioning Brad Kaya's ability to win big games because he hasn't done it so far in his career. The offensive line is an easy target, struggling all night to contain a very aggressive Seminole defense that adjusted to the, to the problems that it was having itself by simply attacking more and going after the Hurricanes. But the truth of the matter was that this was a total team loss. As fantastic and hard as the defense was playing the entire night, it did allow Florida State, for example, to pile up 210 yards of offense in the third quarter and the first few minutes of the fourth quarter alone as the Seminoles seized control of the game after halftime. And you know about the special team's failure at the end. So this is way more than just about play calling and, and, and Brad Kaya's ability to make enough big plays in big ball games. There's so much to digest, and I know that the line is very long tonight for some therapy. So we'll get to your calls in a minute as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest, what I'm sure will be three hours tonight, in Hurricane Sports. As always, it's your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That will shoot you into the queue. I bring you onto the show in the order that you pop into the queue. And to my amazement, I can tell you now, before I continue onward, that Greg, who I had the pleasure of meeting at the stadium on Saturday night, a fine gentleman, is not first this evening. All right, as always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. Several requests for injury updates. So many rumors flying around on Sunday about all kinds of players that are, that are going to be missing the North Carolina game and so forth and so on. Um, I cautioned everybody on the message boards to just relax, you know, that the day after a Miami-Florida State game, Half the team lives in the training room, okay? I mean, you saw the physicality of that ball game. There wasn't going to be too many guys that were regular participants in that game that didn't require some some form of treatment on Sunday. So, yes, the training room was a very crowded place. But this team understands what's at stake beginning Saturday against North Carolina. This isn't a team that – is full of guys looking to miss practices uh, or, or miss Saturday's game. So when they went out to practice today, the only guys that were missing really were Gerald Willis, who's unlikely to play from his injury that he suffered in the game the other night, and Sonny Adagwu, who's going to need surgery, we believe, on his ankle, if not his knee also. You see, he, um, he got beat up pretty good in, in the ball game. A lot of questions about Brad Kaya. He was out of practice today and was throwing very well. In fact, you know, Mark Rick said he didn't even ask him 
about any injuries or anything because of how well Kaya looked at practice today. Stacy Coley, we saw him today. He was out there. Everything's fine. So um, don't worry too much about injuries. The team's healing up. Uh, they have a great training staff um, headed by Vinny Scavo. Um, they're putting Humpty Dumpty back together again, so to speak. And, you know, I'm sure the training room will still be active all week. But uh, by Saturday, the Hurricanes should be ready to go against North Carolina. All right, moving on from there, there was widespread panic, so many questions, so many comments about the Canes offense, which has underperformed really since its 549-yard day at Appalachian State. Miami had just 276 yards of offense in this game on Saturday night, a week after the Knowles allowed North Carolina, Saturday's Miami opponent at, at Hard Rock Stadium, to gain 538 yards. Okay? Um, so that's kind of staggering when you look at it in those terms. And, um, you know, obviously there's some things that could have been done better. Um, you know, maybe there could have been better play calls at times. There certainly could have been better execution at times. Um, among the comments being made, why were there so many running plays up the middle? Um, why weren't there more screen passes after the first one was so successful to Mark Walton? They did try to run a second that I remember, and Cayenne Walton could not connect. Why weren't there more long passes down the field? Why weren't there more passes to the tight ends? Why weren't there more passes to the running backs? You notice every single question almost, pertains to throwing the football, okay? Now, let me be the voice of reason for a minute on this. Miami had almost 50-50 run-pass balance in the game. They ran the ball 28 times. They threw the ball 32 times. To me, that's a positive. You want 50-50 run-pass balance when you're running a pro-style offense and you've got running backs that can be as effective as Mark Walton and Joe Yearby. The running game has been highly productive since opening night. Now, the first play of the game on Saturday night, Florida State brought the heat, and Brad Kaya was pounded into the turf. And that would be the start of a pattern the entire game. You saw how many times, really, the quarterbacks for both teams were just getting physically abused out there on the field. So I don't think you can assume that the proper strategy would have been to just come out and throw every single down. I mean, they already they threw 32 times, they ran 28 times, okay? So, you know, I'm just not sure that you can make that argument. You know, what really needed to happen was the running game needed to be more effective. And the offensive line, which struggled a lot in this game, uh, playing against the best defensive front that it had seen this season – probably needed to do a better job. I mean, Miami only had 62 yards rushing in this game, an average per rush of 2.2 yards. That's not going to get it done, guys. And, you know, you looked at those games where Walton and Yearby were having effectiveness. They were gaining eight, nine yards a carry, okay? So, you know, 2.2 is a massive drop-off from the performances that they were putting forth earlier in the season. Now, you know, yeah, the defense is better, but Florida State's defense had given up a lot of yards and a lot of points in its games this year. So if you're Mark Richt and you're sitting there game planning for this game, you're not just sitting there thinking, I'm going to totally abandon my running game, which has been so effective. That's, no, that's one thing. And, um, you know, the other thing that I'm going to point out is that Miami didn't run the ball once on its opening two possessions. Okay, 
they threw the ball on every single down. So there, there wasn't a lack of commitment to the passing game, that's for sure. It, it looked to me like Mark Rick was trying to accomplish run-pass balance in this game, and he did that. Um, so that's one thing. Here's one more. If Walton's touchdown run stood up, Miami had not missed the final extra point, and Kaya had not thrown that interception in the third quarter, as I mentioned earlier, and Miami had, e- had kicked even a field goal instead, the Hurricanes would have won that game 30-20, to 20, with everything else in the game being exactly the same. And anybody out there would have been absolutely thrilled with a 30-20 to 20 Miami victory. So they weren't that far away, folks. And the result, as disappointing as it is for everybody, really shouldn't be cause for mass panic. That doesn't mean that adjustments might not be necessary before Saturday's game against North Carolina. I mean, the Tar Heels have an explosive up-tempo offense, and Miami's going to have to score in this game to win. A couple things I expect Rick to consider is getting the fullback into the game more and lining Kaya up under center a little bit more. The absence of the play-action pass hindered Miami on Saturday night and would have been a valuable tool for the offense. I also think that Miami does need to throw the ball down the field more to David Njoku and Chris Herndon, who should be able to create mismatches as the season goes forward. So I'm sure that those are things that Mark Rick's looking at. Um, you know, nobody took this loss harder, harder than Coach Rick, I guarantee you. I mean, you know, he understands how much it meant to everybody. He understands what it would have meant for his program. He understands what it would have meant for this season. Um, but he's still getting comfortable with his personnel, let's be honest. I mean, you know, it's, it's only been five games now and different levels of competition. Some things have worked in some games. Some things haven't worked in others. Uh, I'm sure he was hoping for a better performance from the offensive line the other night than what he got. And now he has to factor in Tyree St. Louis coming into the mix as opposed to Sonny Adagu. So um, that is going to be interesting as well. All right, so many comments about Brad Kaya and – you know, people questioning the hype around Kaya, um, the, the fact that he hasn't been at his best in big games. And, you know, honestly, as much as I love Brad Kaya, I, I think those are fair questions to ask. I mean, uh, he has not been able to put the team on his back and carry them to victories in these games against top 20 teams. And, uh, you know, you, you keep thinking the next one is going to be the one where he breaks through. I talked before the game about how this was Brad's moment, and it was his moment. It, it, it was his chance uh, to tor- sort of change the tune of what had taken place the first two years that he was the quarterback at Miami and, and put up a big game victory that would resonate throughout college football with the, you know, the entire nation watching, the largest audience that watched the football game on ABC, I believe, so far this season. And um, just, you know, they weren't able to get it done. Uh, you know, there, there were some great passes that he threw. I thought the two touchdown passes to Stacey Coley were phenomenal throws, obviously. There were times where he tried to force the ball to covered receivers and maybe he didn't see other guys on the field that were open. Um, there were other times he tried to deliver the ball and uh, wasn't as accurate as he might have liked to be. Now, sometimes he was under duress. You can't totally blame him. But it's a bottom line game and a bottom line business. And, uh, you know, you, you look at the fact that, that Miami was, I think, four of 13 
on third down and certainly throwing the ball on most of those. And um, the, the fate of the game was in the right guy's hands in so many situations. And, and um, you know, it definitely was not Kaya's best game, even though he made, I thought, a couple phenomenal throws in, in tight coverage situations to Stacey Coley. Okay, other questions that came in on the message boards at canesport.com. Um, shouldn't the offensive line be more consistent? Well, yeah, yeah, of course it should. Was Corn Elder the best player on the field on Saturday? How much money did he make himself with that performance? We could talk about that as the night goes on. When will Deontay Mullins start getting some playing time? What's the attitude of the team now? Do they move forward and play even harder after this loss? Or do they fall back into what's happened the past couple years? Is Miami on tap to land any stud defensive tackles in recruiting? I mean, I'll answer that one right now. You see how many defensive tackles that they have right now that they're rotating. They're all young players uh, in their first or second year. Um, Defensive tackle is not anywhere close to the top area of need on this team. Um, John Ford from Fort Lauderdale Dillard is already in the recruiting class. I think you'll see him play defensive tackle. Um, But unless somebody that's really, really great surfaces here in the last few months of recruiting, um, I I would expect that Ford might be the only defensive tackle that you see taken this year because of the numbers that Miami has at that spot going into next season and the year after, really. What about the alternation of two running backs every other series? Um, is that really the most effective way to use Yearby and Walton? Uh, Walton has been sensational every time he's been on the field this year. Why not give the best back the most reps the entire game? You know, that's a legitimate question that can be discussed on tonight's show. Why all the criticism of Brad Kyatt when the real issue is the offensive line? Wasn't the offensive line the main reason for the loss? They were called for the holding. They couldn't protect Brad Kaya so he could make downfield throws. Kaya had a tooth knocked out. They couldn't hold their blocks for the game-tying extra point. Why aren't people addressing the real issue, and that is the horrible offensive line play, before blaming anybody else? More comments. Which unit was the most impressive against Florida State? What defensive lineman was most impressive And lastly, there are reports that Miami has contacted Alabama transfer Blake Barnett. If it's true, what message is this sending to the other quarterbacks on the roster? Does it mean that the coaches are not happy with the competition at the quarterback position? Well, I mean, Blake Barnett was the top quarterback in the country when he was recruited out of high school. And, you know, you are going to have to replace Brad Kaya at some point, if not after this year. Then after next year, um, you know, the guy that probably is considered the most likely future quarterback at Miami in the long term is Nicozy Perry, but he'll be a true freshman this year. In an ideal world, you'd love to redshirt him and let him learn properly and not have to use him his first year. So when you look at the whole spectrum and, you know, you, you factor in the fact that Malik Rozier is getting older now and, and you know, it, certainly probably not considered the complete answer, that Evan Sheref has, to some extent, I, I, I guess you could say been a disappointment this year, that he wasn't able to win the number two job. 
Uh, there's concerns about his arm strength. Um, and Jack Allison, the true freshman who's redshirting this year, obviously totally unproven. If you can land Blake Barnett, you know, why not Why not take a transfer from Blake Barnett? Um, it, it would crowd up the quarterback position for sure. I'm not quite sure how they would handle uh, all of that, but uh, certainly worth probably Miami looking into, and, and that's why I, I think you're seeing the Hurricane name attached to Blake Barnett right now. Um, I do, though, think it's a long shot that he ends up at Miami. All right, time to get to your calls. The number... 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. The board is jumping. People are ready for some therapy. Let's start out in the 404 tonight where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Garrett, how you doing, man? I'm doing Garrett. good. Who's this? Yes, sir. Garrett, how you doing, man? It's Roland. What's up, Roland? What you got for us? Man, just calling in, man. I tell you, man, that defense looked totally different. I was really proud of the defense. Uh, I mean, it looked like an old Miami defense. But I just think moving forward, I think there's three positions where Miami really need to recruit, and I think you would agree. Um, offensive tackles, I mean, O-line, um, I would say safety, and I would say uh, receivers. That's imperative. It's imperative. We, that O-line, we got to get some – I mean – First and foremost, from a recruiting standpoint, we got to get those kids that those that those uh, one of those guards from American Heritage. I mean, what's, what's your what's your uh, viewpoint on any of those guys? Because we need those. They're guys. doing we much. One of those they're guys. doing very well. They're they're doing very well with both of those guys. I think they'll get at least one, if not both. Okay, okay. And then a kid from LSU coming in, Joe Brown. That's a guy that's going to need to play coming in. You know, not focusing on next year, but we got to get some guys. Especially in that old line, man. That's what, that's going to open up some holes for the no, running Don't back. forget Navon Donaldson um, either. I expect him to be a starter next Nathan. year. Donaldson, and what about the kid that um, that went to that committed to Miami and uh, went over to Florida? Uh, Telford. Is it, uh, well, we don't we don't uh, we don't know yet if he's if he's coming or not. Okay. But to, but okay, to me, Donaldson's the furthest along of any high school offensive lineman I've seen in a long yeah. time, and um, I would go to the bank that he'll be one of the starters next year. I, I, I think he'll replace Danny Isadora. Okay. Okay, good. Because that old line, definitely, man, we got to get some guys in. And what about any, what about receivers? Any, um, any, out of Smith and Judy, anything, anything at all? Uh, I don't, I wouldn't hold my breath on Judy for sure. Um, Smith, I think they still have a decent shot for it. We'll see. Okay. And, uh, Safety. I mean, that good kid Carter. It's imperative to bring him in, at um, you know, get that guy in. I mean, all those corners that they that they have right now coming in next year. I mean, the defense looked really, 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 really good. Um, I just think you know, it's some areas, it's just some depth areas. Um, but all in all, man, um, to see that team play on Saturday and look at that defense play compared to. Um, Five years. I mean, what we've been seeing for the last five years. It's uh, even the guy told me today at the gym. He said, "Man, he played at Central Florida." He said that was the defense that I grew up looking at when I was coming out of uh, out of Miami and I went to Central Florida. But when I saw that defense for the last four or five years, I don't know what that was. So it was refreshing to see a defense that was active, that was moving to the ball, that had passion. So I think the defense is moving in the right direction. We just got to get some old linemen. 
That's yeah, no doubt about it. It was, it was a shame they gave up man. those two plays. You know, they gave up those two oh, touchdowns man. in the third quarter. Uh, one was out of simple were, bubble screen. Well, I mean, I don't think they were game. tired. Yeah, but they were rotating guys constantly. I don't That's think they true. were tired. I, I, I don't. I don't think fatigue was an issue in that game at all. I, I, I just think that they blew two plays. I mean, you got a lot of young kids out there. They blew two plays. The, one was a simple bubble screen that they just didn't yeah. cover very well. And then on the other yeah. one, Mike Pinkney kind of got caught staring into the backfield uh, on the play action and didn't see Dalvin Cook until Dalvin Cook was already running by him and then fell down trying to recover. And there was no, and yeah, nobody yeah. covered Dalvin Cook. He was, he was yeah. man, man on him. So, um, you know, unfortunate couple plays. I mean, Mike Pinkney, I thought, had a spectacular ball game. It, it's, yeah. it's a shame that one play happened where, he, you know, he fell down and blew his assignment. You know, but that's the yeah, difference between yeah. that's rolling us the difference between winning and losing the Miami Florida State game, unfortunately. And and, and this yeah, is definitely. what's been happening with the Hurricanes year after yeah. year. It's like you know, it's yeah. one play here, one play there, it's always something. And yeah. they, they obviously gotta get they gotta get past that, man. Gotta get past it. Yeah, definitely. Two last things. First of all, those linebackers, those freshman linebackers, man, you gotta give it up to all all those guys. Pinkney, um um Quarterman, um all those guys, man, they they played. Those guys, can't, they, they did not. That defense, a lot of those young guys, they didn't look like freshmen. They look like juniors and seniors. Like they've been in the system for two or three years. So you got to give number of props to the to the uh, to that defense. Um, and a quick question: the, the game, North Carolina game, is that game going to be on? I wonder if it's going to be an ABC or ESPN game. You know at all? Um, let me. I'm going to check. Go ahead, keep talking. I'm. Gonna, I'll tell you in a minute. I, I got to double check yeah. what, what they finally. Okay. I don't know. If okay. they, I'm sure they made a decision, but I'm going to check it right now. And um, so what about you, any did, running back? Do you have anything else? I'm seeing. Um, it looks to me ABC, ESPN two, depending. They've got that game, and they've got Nebraska, Indiana, and they're split. They're splitting the country, and. What you know, whatever game is not on ABC will be on ESPN two. Obviously, in in the southern part of the country, um, the southeast, I think we'll get North Carolina, Miami. Okay, okay, gotcha, right. gotcha. And last la- last thing, you can I mean, just keep me on hold. Uh, any running backs that we have at that, um, any new prospects that we that we have that could be coming in for next year, and uh, you just put me on hold because I know you got a lot of people calling in, so I'll be on hold. No, I mean the running back situation is pretty much the same that it's been rolling. Um, you know, I, I I think they got a decent shot for Anthony McFarland. Uh, that one's still alive. Uh, they're still talking to Darian Felix from Fort Myers, uh, a kid by the name of Travis Etienne from Jennings High School in Louisiana, um, who has said he'll visit. Um, I think the Stephen Carr train, uh, the great back from California. I think that yeah. train has sailed. Um, obviously, the Robert Burns commitment is solid, and Miami will be, definitely be taking him. So they're looking for one more back. Right now, between it looks to me like McFarland, Felix, or Etienne. Okay, gotcha. All, All right. right, gotcha. All, All right, right man, I appreciate Thanks it. Again Everything you're doing. All right, just keep me on hold. All you right. got it. All right, let's go now to the 845, where I believe we have the infamous Greg. You're welcome to Kane Sport Live, Greg. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Roland hey. beat you to the to the punch tonight. Yeah, I see you didn't that. get to be first. <laughs> but it was great. It was, it was great meeting you at the stadium the other day. 
Yes, same here. <laughs> I, I just want to start off by saying I thought the crowd was tremendous, except for those knuckleheads that were throwing bottles on the field. That was embarrassing. I mean, come on. You can't be throwing stuff on the field. That's ridiculous. All right, let's get to the game now. The big, I don't see a big difference in talent between those two teams other than Dalvin Cook. He's obviously heads above everyone else on the football field. And the, the biggest reason we lost is Florida State only had to defend 10 players. We had to defend 11 because Brad Kaya cannot run. He cannot move. You saw the deciding play of the game at the end where Francois kept the ball and got the first down. Kaya could never make a play like that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the, the thing is, I think in today's college football, if you're going to commit to a pro-style offense with a pocket passer, uh, in a big game, I think you got to throw, be able to throw for more than 214 yards. You know, I mean, I, I think that was one of the failures of the other night was that they weren't able to get the passing game going better. Look at all the best teams in the country. Alabama's got a mobile quarterback. Ohio State, uh, Houston, uh, Clemson. They all have guys that can move. Kai is a okay, but, but but I think you would agree that I think hey Greg, I think you would agree Brad Kai is the best quarterback on this team right now, and he just happens to not be a running quarterback. So you got you got to make the pro style offense work. It can work, but you got to throw for more than two hundred. 214 yards. Now, um, understand that DeAndre Francois ran 10 times in the game the other night and only had 44 yards. Actually, he had 21 net yards because a lot of them well, were stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. So, it's not like, okay. you know, it, I mean, yeah, he had a couple key plays running the ball, two or three of them. Totally agree with you. But I don't think that that was the deciding factor in the game. Well, Okay, now what about the last drive before they scored on fourth down? He runs three plays into the line. That 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 made absolutely no sense. It took well, like it made two, no sense two and a half minutes off the clock. Greg, they only didn't make sense because they didn't work. Okay, he's trying to cross them up. He knows they're thinking pass, pass, pass. He tried to cross them up and get some good running plays going there. They didn't work. You know, and, and, and so, he, I mean, yeah, anytime an offensive coordinator calls anything that doesn't work, he looks foolish. And, and had they not converted that fourth down, that really would have been a bone of contention with the fans. There's no question about it. But um, the one thing that I've noticed about Mark Richt, um, and I think it's way too early in the game to critique him as a play caller, he's not afraid to use his running game. And he's not afraid to use it in critical situations. He's not afraid to use it on third down. Um, and he and you saw with the game on the line the other night, he wasn't afraid to use it then either, and that's what an average offensive line. I think you'll even see it with an asterisk a year or two down the road when the Miami offensive line is better than what it is right now. So, you know, I, I think that it, it, it's open for criticism because it didn't work, not because it was a crazy strategy. All right, one last point. Do we need to bring in some Juco offensive linemen? Do you know of any that you're trying to get? 
Uh, not at the moment, but if they're out there and they can get them, I don't think it would hurt at all to have one or two older guys that you could bring in that could play right away. I mean, they're hurting at that position. I mean, let's not let's be honest. I mean, that's that that is by far the weakest position on the team. All right. Do you want to elaborate at all on Sam Bruce? Do you know have any idea why he got booted? He must have done something pretty pretty bad. Listen, I told people. When I remember having conversations with people at Miami on signing day last year where I, where I privately told them that if they got Sam Bruce through even one season at Miami, that I thought it would be a miracle. I saw this coming even before he got in trouble in, in high school, before the start of his senior year. I saw the change in this kid, um, and I didn't think it was for the better. And you know, it's it's horrible. I mean, you know, he, he, he you know, I think his mom tried really hard. I think his coaches tried really hard to keep him straight. Um, he wavered in a lot of wrong directions and 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 went down the wrong path. He had a a, a second chance. He, he he was allowed to come to Miami, and he and he screwed that up too. <laughs> you know, and um, you know, I think it was just a, a continuation of not doing the right things and, you know, being way too high maintenance for the coaches. And, you know, they're not interested in that for a five, eight freshman receiver. Well, I mean, and I think that they just decided it was best to let him go and and get a new start somewhere else. Well, don't be surprised if he ends up in Georgia with Kevin Beard. He might. That was his his mentor, obviously. And that would be great. But anyway, I mean, you know, you want good things for the kid. He's a kid. You know, he's a kid who made right. mistakes, like so many of them do. And um, there's nothing wrong with him getting a good second chance if he can work it out. All right, Gary, I'll let you, I'll let you go. Thanks again. You got it, Greg. Thanks for being part of the show, as always. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048 the number. Uh, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 574. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, this is JR, uh, Kane 27IN. Hey, uh, hey, what's going on, man? How are you this evening? Oh, uh, question. How, do, uh, how does the ACC allow a replay official to have some sort of affiliation with one of the opposing teams? I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. Tell me what you mean. Um, supposedly, the, AC, the, the replay official at the game has uh, kids or uh, family members that were from Florida State or had some sort of um, one of them being a booster even there. I mean, how does that slide through? If, if what you're saying is accurate, and I have no idea if it is or not, if what you're saying is accurate, I don't think it's right. You know, they, they, yeah, shouldn't, I mean, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't allow right. that. Where did you hear that? Um, I've seen it on Facebook. Uh, Facebook on a few different posts where they've had had it up about it. On, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, you know, you don't know. Who knows if it's accurate or not? I, I have no idea. Okay. This is the first I've heard, I've heard anybody mention. I mean, because because that targeting call there at the end, I mean, that was that was huge because that that wasn't a. I mean, I guess it was a questionable call, but that was a huge change in momentum where we yeah, ended up losing our. Yeah. And then uh, that was my very first uh, Miami home game going to, and oh my God, it was so electric. 
It, it really was. was. Seeing eight, it was great seeing about 80% of the stadium in orange. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever hear anybody say that Hard Rock Stadium can't be a home field for Miami. No, and and it was hot. I mean, I felt sorry for our defense in the second half when they were on the field for so long. Yeah, that was a that's a hidden element to the game, you know, that you didn't really realize at the time. But um, Florida State, in the, in the 30 minutes of the second half, Florida State had the ball for 20, 20 minutes of it. You know, yeah. that's a two-to-one um, – Two to one time of possession edge, and that's even with you know the fact that they were you know somewhat up tempo. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say they were totally up tempo, but they weren't certainly slow. Okay. Um, well, I know there's plenty of people that want to get online, so I don't want to tie you up too much. But um, it would be nice if like uh, Kaya. I mean, I know he's not a mobile quarterback by any means, but if just sometimes if he could just you know get out of the pocket and just run for two yards and get out of bounds just enough to freeze the defense of the safeties a little bit to maybe open up a receiver to get some of those throws in. But I mean, I know he's not mobile and he's pocket quarterback and our offensive line is horrible and we can beat that into the ground. But um, if you could just be able to slightly extend some plays to maybe make something happen. Yeah. And listen, he's he's a pure pocket passer. They got to give him a pocket. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, you, that they do. They got to give him a pocket. You 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 can't expect somebody to, to be able to do what they can't do. Yeah, you know, he's but not that, start running around. He, he's a pure pocket passer. True. Yeah, and um, you know but, they, they they do things to try to protect him from the offensive line, and it to me it's to the detriment of the offense as a whole. But, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but Mark Richt has done, gone really to what James Coley figured out and has been putting Kaya in the shotgun primarily the last two games. Yeah. And, and Mark Richt throughout his career, I believe, has preferred his quarterback to be under center because it opens up the play-action passing game, which is so critical, in my opinion, to a pro-style offense. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I know Kaya made some great throws in the game, but there was so, and and there were so many throws that um, even when he wasn't under duress, that he was like throwing low to the receivers or behind them. And uh, yeah. if he would have just been able to get the ball out in front of the receivers in space to let these guys make some plays, I mean, I, I think that hurt our offense too. And then uh, obviously we had to keep the tight ends in to help try to block, so that kind of hurt. But um, I will, I'll let you go so you can get some other callers on. All right. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go out to the well, 9. Well, but, I mean, it was not a targeting call. It gave me 15 yards. Wait, wait a minute. Let's see here. So the board jumped around on me. Let's go out to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gear. You with us? Yes, sir. Yeah, Gear. Can you hear me? How you yes, doing? Sir. Antoine, how you doing, man? What's up, Antoine? How you doing tonight? Man, I'm mad. And I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. First <laughs> of all, uh, we – I know you said we had 50% Warren pass ratio, which is good. But from what I – when I watched the game, FSU it actually was It actually minutes. was a little bit le- – it actually was th- 30, 32 passes, 28 runs. Okay. So now uh, – What's that, 55, 45, something like that? 
I, 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 it, was, it was close to even, but more passes. When I watched the game, FSU had eight men in the box most of the game. When I watched, we were running into eight-man fronts. Now, anybody who watches football knows, a little bit of football knows, if you take a safety out of the box, you want to run the ball. If they put an extra man in the box, you're running into an eight-man front. There's an unblocked guy every time. You can't continually run into eight-man front. They were basically daring us to throw the football. So we honestly should have thrown the ball more than we did because there were so many extra guys in the box. There were so many extra bodies in the box. Okay. I, I said that. I, I'm, I ain't going to say nothing about that. Second of all, with me saying to you that they had eight men in the box, when their safety got hurt, Nate Andrews, they had Ermin Lane, former wide receiver recruit from Miami, playing safety in the middle of the field. Now, explain to me why Mark Rick, of all this knowledge and all everything, I really think it hurts him that he can't see the field from in the press box or somebody can see the press box and see what's really going on. But Ermin Lane was running the wrong way on pass routes. I saw it. I'm like, that's Ermin Lane back there. So why didn't we run a concept where Herndon and Njoku went went vertical? He has to pick somebody because they're playing one high safety, man, a lot of man coverage. And 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 we never we never tested him up the scenes with our two NFL. Those guys are gonna play in the NFL, Gary. NFL tight ends and we didn't try one time up the seam against a guy who was playing wide receiver three years ago. Am I wrong about that? No, I think I think that's a very, very fair criticism. This, this guy, I mean, he literally was playing wide receiver. He was a, a, a bus, bus wide receiver, so he's playing safety now. But we didn't send our NFL tight ends on steam routes to even see if we could get him to make a mistake, which he would have made a mistake because he was going the wrong way. Anyway, okay, another thing. Now, when you when you I watched the game and I saw I saw some things that really bothered me. Kaya's throw was horrible, man. That was just horrible. But the thing that really bothered me was on the screen pass to Whitfield when they uh took the lead on the game, nobody talks about the fact that Corn Elder was being held at the point of attack. Literally, that's the reason they got the play because Corn Elder couldn't get off the block to make the play because the dude was holding him. As Whitfield caught the ball, he was getting held the whole time as he was on the side. I'm sitting there like, so you can do that? Okay. Then on the other play, we have St. Louis on the back side of the play. Defense slants left. He pushes the guy where he's already going. They call a hole and take away a touchdown. Now, that's 14 points. Now, I'm really – I'm really start. I'm really looking at the game and trying to start to figure like, uh, what's going on with the referees? Now, what that guy said earlier about the replay guy being an FSU, he's right about that. Another one of your uh, fellow Miami journalists actually said it and, and put it on another message board. I, I, I'm not gonna say this about that. When they show people, you know, camera phones, um, camera phones. People being able to video games, watch games on TiVo is really showing me something about F- F- Miami and the referees. Dude, let me tell you something. There were plays where Chad Thomas, a dude from Florida State, had Chad Thomas in the sleeper hole trying to tackle Francois. Literally, he was behind him with his hand around his neck while Chad Thomas was trying to get to the quarterback. 
No holding. I saw another play where McIntosh beat a dude flat off inside. He grabs he grabs McIntosh by his jersey and on and pulls him and turns him the other way. I'm sitting there like, so they can do that, but we can't do what St. Louis did? What's going on, man? Have you did you not see the did you not under, you not see that it was something with the officials that was really weird going on? You didn't notice any of that? Yeah, a couple plays, and, and and I just I just got I just went back while you were talking here and looked at that play you're talking about where Corn Elder w- was held yeah. again. And, and, what? And you're right. Yeah, the he, point of you're right. The referee was standing right there and didn't call it. <laughs> Dude, man, this is a gear, man. Now I will say this: you know, he was late getting out there. You know, Pinkney was late getting out there. You know, I mean, no, no, Pete, Pete got caught in Pete got caught in the wash on that other play. I mean, he got caught in the wash on, on a couple of plays, especially the Davin Cook uh, touchdown. But I just don't want I don't understand why we have to beat the referees every week, man. There was another play where no one thought to say went out of bounds. Dude ran out of bounds a yard before the first down. They start marking off the first down, and Mark Rick was like, uh-uh, he about a yard short. It wasn't even close. Dude standing right there, he ran out of bounds a yard short. And I'm, this is the last play I'm gonna talk about, dude. This is the last play I'm gonna talk about. Remember when we was going hurry up at the beginning of the game, and we was about to score a touchdown, and FSU couldn't find these. Yeah, they got the, and they got the chain they, knotted up. And they stopped <laughs> the game because the chain was tied up and allowed FSU to recover and stop. Dude, Gary, can we at least get a fair game, man? I don't. When teams are evenly matched, Gary, when teams are evenly matched. It's very difficult for one team to beat another team when they're evenly matched. When the referees call in bogus calls and phantom calls for the other team, and you getting robbed of touchdowns, oh man! If they call what they called on the St. Louis Mark Walton, you couldn't even play a football game. Literally, you would play. You would, a football game would take you a whole twenty-four hours because they would call a flag after every single play because it happens every single play of the game, man. You know what, Gary? I'm gonna let you talk, man. I just wanted to get that off my chest, man. I, I just it's irritating it's little, because I know you're, we were making, we two making great points. You know, you're making you great points. You were two touchdowns better than these dudes, man. And they, Gary, I'm gonna let other people talk, man. You have a good one, man. I, I, I'll call you next week, man. You got it. Yeah, I mean, great, great points he made. I mean, and, you know, it, it did look like Miami was the better team. It, it, it's it's kind of astonishing that they ended up behind on the scoreboard and uh you know i talked earlier about all the points that were left out there just on those couple plays i mean if this was a 30 to 20 miami victory like you could certainly make an argument that it should have been uh i think everybody's thrilled to death right now so uh it's just a shame but you have to move on you know and the way that you recover from it is you got to beat north carolina on saturday and then you got to go up to virginia tech and play a just a fantastic football game under very adverse circumstances. You know, going on the road on five days rest is, is very, very difficult to do. You, you, you know, you have, you have a day that gets tied up with travel, and, and, and it really hinders your preparation. Um, you know, Miami's coaches are going to be under the gun big time, but you, you just you got to be good enough to get it done. You know, you just can't you can't keep losing two two or three games a year in the coastal and and and, and consider that a good season. It's not it's not going to be a good season if that's the way it ends up. And um, 
you know, you, you have to win the Coastal. And to win the Coastal, you have to win those games. No excuses. So they, they have to find a way to get it done. But it, uh, easy it will not be. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 850. Oh, We're live on King Sport Live. Good night, Gary. Are you with us? That's you? Yeah, hey, Gary. Yeah, Travis, up yeah. here in Tallahassee, man. What's up, Travis? What you got? Man, just trying to make it through this. I, I kind of wanted to jump back to your very opening thing. Um, when you were talking about how we ran a, a 50-50 balanced offense, that's all well and great. But what he did that I think pissed off a lot of fans, including me, especially when I was watching, I was like, what is this crap that he's doing here? Is every first down, it was a run play. And every time we got into well, the I-form, which he loves, hey, it, was a, Travis, it was a running play. Stop you for a minute. That's just not true. I mean, you know, the first two times that they had the ball, they did they threw the ball every down. So he wasn't running it on first no, down. No, no, I'm talking times. specifically more about the second half, like when we were trying to come back and everything like that. It, he would get into the I-form formation, and it would be a run play. And every time he got into the I-form, he never actually threw the ball. Like, no, he heard never, all this they, great they stuff about the, Herndon. Yeah coming out of the backfield as a fullback and catching balls and stuff like where is that you know that's what's disappointing me so much with this offense I mean I get it be 50-50 run all day but one thing he's got to remember or two things our O-line sucks which we all know and he knows I mean everybody knows this but we don't have Nick Chubb or Sony Michelle right. or anything right. Mark Walton's great but he ain't no, that great stop you let me stop okay. you for a minute, because what you're saying is just not right. Up, so yeah, you might have to do that to uh, me a couple times. <laughs> all right, but listen, uh, listen. I want to, I want to finish your first thought, which was that you felt that they were just running the ball on first down, and that's just not true. I'm looking now. At, I told you about the beginning of the game. I, I've jumped now to the third quarter. Okay, the first first down play, they ran the ball. Mark Walton for three yards. Okay, the next first down play, they threw the ball to Stacy Coley. So that's one and right. one. Okay. Um, the next first down after that, they ran the ball with Walton. So that's two runs, one pass. Um, the next first down after that, they threw the ball. So that's now that's two and two. Okay. This is the third quarter. Um, next time they had the ball, they passed on first down. So that's two runs, three passes. Okay. And then the next time um, they they ran the ball twice. So they ran the ball in the third quarter four times on first down. Um, Make that five because I just went further down the sheet. They ran the ball five times on first down, and they threw the ball three times on first down. That that was the third quarter. Okay, the fourth quarter, um, I got um, one run, two runs, three runs. Um, so you're a little bit more right in the fourth quarter. Four runs, um, four runs, zero passes on first down in the fourth quarter. So you're not totally yeah. wrong. But he, they, but they didn't, they didn't that's run what I'm, ball. That's what I'm talking about. It's the third and fourth quarter when the game's on the line and you're making halftime adjustments. He comes out with eye form, no run or or no anything. You, you could just see it. It was like, okay, here it goes. Eye form up the middle. Bam. It, it was like, what was that? That God, I hated him. His son was a quarterback on our team. Whipple. It was like watching a Whipple offense in that second half. Man, I, I just couldn't. I, I, it made me sick. It was just like I know exactly what he's going to do. And Charles Kelly, that idiot, is sitting on the other sideline, knows exactly what he's going to do. It was, it, was, it was an open book. 
And that's what was pissing me off about it. For such an offensive mastermind or whatever, you know, like, man, I, I don't have time for him to shake the rust off, basically. You know what I'm saying? We're, well, he, we're getting an elite coach here, and we're waiting on stuff, you know? like Never got into a play-action game, which to me was the problem. That's that's a, that, no, was, that was the point I was going to get to, too, is, like, where's the play action? I mean, we got deep threat bomb guys all up and down this lineup, and you're not throwing anything anywhere down the field. I mean, you threw, like, one play to Braxton Berrios. He can light it up. You know, he's our little fill-up door set, not as fast, but, you know, that's what he can be. You know, you got Stacey Coley who can blow the top off of anybody on FSU's defense. You know, I mean, just doing nothing. Doing nothing. He made great catches, but I mean, where where are these plays? We're known for play action, bombing it the hell down the field and running it up your throat. You know, I mean. Well, I had an earlier caller noted uh, Florida State was attacking the line of scrimmage, so you know that would seem to suggest that it was things were set up for more of a play action game. And Mark Richt even said it after the game himself that he thought he maybe should have had the fullback in the game more and and done a little bit more of that. You know, I mean, you know, he, he well, kind of yeah, brought that yeah. up himself. Hey, and throwing he's out of the backfield, both of our running backs are excellent catchers. Excellent catchers. I mean, that's something that should be done at least five, six, seven times a game. There should be at least seven drop-off passes to our running backs out of the backfield, just like Dalvin Cook scored on, because that's what we can do all game long, and we can do it efficiently. Yeah, both of them are like that. And then – once again, now, going me, back to where the hell is Ferdinand in the fullback thing? Let me, <laughs> let me tell you another problem real quick um, that I felt like they faced in this game. Florida State ran 76 plays of offense Okay, in, in, in a very close game. I mean, this is a close game. They ran 76 plays of offense, Florida State. Miami ran 60. Okay? Wow. So that's 16 more plays. That's like two extra possessions. Absolutely. You know, that's a, I'm surprised we even big, had 60. I mean, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a real big deal. Absolutely. So, you know, put it all together and you could see why why they lost. I mean, you could woulda, shoulda, coulda and, and come up with a lot of scenarios that they could have won the game. But you also can look at everything that took place and see why they lost it. Yeah. Well, I think it's called a 12 formation or something like that or whatever, like where you have one running back and two tight ends set up on the line. Where is that? Like, I mean, if you you just broke those guys off on those linebackers instead of constantly putting one of them in the slot, which we have enough receivers that you can put them out in the slot and have the two, you know, two tight ends set up on the offensive line. And, and like, why are you throwing the dough bar, dude? I mean, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sorry, but – play. Dobart, I think, played one play. But, but I mean, Najoku and Herndon were both in the game together, I, I believe. I'd have to go back and watch and count. But I think on several several possessions, I mean... Yeah, but one I mean, of them's always lined up in the slot. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of plays that we could have taken advantage of. North Carolina lit up the middle of the field, the linebackers, the week before. A lot of that 500 and whatever yards you were talking about in the beginning was done in the middle of the field with their slot receivers and uh, tight ends, and we had none of that in that game. I mean, it just – where's the crossing routes that Mark Rick's so famous for? You know, it just seems like so much of his offense is, is just not being done, you know, the comeback routes and stuff like that. I mean, there's just – is it because he's so damn rusty? Or, I mean, what 
what's the deal? You know, like, I mean, honestly, because. But, but, but let me throw something else uh, out at you guys. And, you know, everyone's talking about pass, 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 which is, you know, that's great. But, you know, let me also tell you that the Florida State ran the ball 43 times and threw it 31. So, you know, they were like 60, 60, I'd have to do the math, but 60, 40 uh, run pass in favor of the run. And as great as the defense played, Dalvin Cook still had 150 yards rushing. Yeah, and yeah, I, like I got to give it up. The defense is lights. And, I man, I was scared when Manny Diaz came here, but that guy has got and Coach Cool and everything. And, man, they got those boys playing. I, I, you know, it's, I'm proud to watch my Miami defense. I just can't get over where yeah. our offense was because that wasn't the question mark other than our – offensive line that should be playing high school football, you know, but I mean, you know, for the future, you know, but listen, they're young kids and they're going to make mistakes too. I mean, Pinkney, I thought played great the whole night, but you know, he did have trouble on those two touchdown plays. Yeah. You know, he, he, was late, he was late. He was late. <laughs> on the ball and he fell down on the Dalvin cook wheel route. Hey, let me give some love to Scott Patrick, man. I I saw that one play. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> it was like seeing a UFO out there, man. I couldn't couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, he rushed the quarterback. That was amazing. This, I mean, it was great to see that they're, kid. They're on the building field. a hell of a defensive line position up for the future. I'll tell you. I mean, the next three years of defensive line look really, really good. As it should, because the, it wasn't Al Golden's like downfall. The one thing he could get is four-star defensive ends all day long. I don't, I don't know why, but like that was one position we could get. We just couldn't get a defensive tackle to save our lives. And luckily, uh, Norton and McIntosh are looking to be better than advertised. You know what we thought they would be coming in or whatever. I figured they would just be some jags or whatever. These kids. They got some baller in them, and you know if Coach Cool can do his magic, we actually might get some. Some some good defensive tackles out of him, and I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of faith in Jonathan Ford that's coming in. That kid's a beast. You watch his tape, man. I mean, he's got a great first step. So putting him at defensive tackle is going to be a quite a scary thing. Highly underrated, man. I, I can't believe the kid's still just a three star. Um, damn, man. There were so many things I, I got off a of, off a of track there. Um, the Sam Bruce thing. Um, you, you nailed the running backs. Um, what about uh, Hartley or Harley? When are we going to offer that kid? Sorry uh, if I missed know. that earlier. And like, that, I, I that's got to happen. Small, now that Sam Bruce is gone. Receiver. You know, maybe now that Sam Bruce is gone, they they might be more receptive to taking him. Um, but, you know, you, you know, keep he, saying the small receiver thing, but they can't all be six foot four lumbering just crap, dude. We got Lawrence Kayser. We got, you know, all these big dudes that just, that, that, man, you need a balance. You need you need some small ones with electric speed, and you need some tall ones that can go and catch it in the end zone. You know I mean? Like, well, I mean, Dorsett, how big was that guy? You know, would you not want him on your team because he's a small receiver? You know, this kid, no, Hartley you know, or, or whatever I, down there, is electric. Now that they don't have Sam Bruce anymore, they might be receptive to a smaller receiver. You just don't want too many right. of them because they, they're not as big a factor in the running game, and you know, and, and thing, you know, you don't want too many of them. No, no, but two two or three in your nine deep or whatever, you know. I mean, Braxton Berrios is what, a junior? He'll be gone soon. So, I mean, that's one off your, off your roster. I just, when a kid's got that much talent, and he's from South Florida, you don't let him go to West Virginia. You know, especially when Holloman is this 
that's a joke, dude. I don't I don't know how you feel about that, but there's no shot with that kid. People keep bringing up duty. That's not going to change. I don't care if we won every game this season. How do you think there's no shot with Holloman? Man, he's just – everything that I have read, the kid just basically just don't feel it. Like, I mean, from all his little high school kids that he talks to, all his little Twitter posts or whatever, I just don't see him as a – has come into Miami. I mean, now his plans are on hold, and he doesn't, you know, know when he can come back down and everything like that. Holloman, I just, I don't feel that one. I feel Smith. I feel Hartley, or Harley. I, I don't know which one's his damn name. And if you want to get even a little crazy, what about Emmanuel Green that's committed to UCF? I mean, that kid would come in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, there, there's some great options out there that I just feel like we're bypassing because of size or, or whatever, you know. I mean, I don't know. To me, six foot four receivers, they don't do it for me. You know, you have a couple of them on your team, but they're lumbering. They get they get hurt all the time. Like I don't know, man. They can't all be Travis Benjamins and everything. It just feels like ever since that kid was in in the college football, every damn receiver's got to be six foot five, six foot four, or whatever. That's what your tight end is. I don't, I don't know. I don't like the the growth of the the wide receiver position where everybody's got to be a giant. You know, because most of them can't run. I'm interested about right, Travis. Joku, but you know, thank, hey man, I appreciate let me let some your other time, man. Have a good yeah, night. They, thank, thanks for being part of the show. Great, great points you made all throughout the call. All right, guys, let me take a minute here to talk to you about one of our sponsors of Kane Sport Live, MyBookie.ag. And I, I know most of your guys' pocketbooks took a big hit on Saturday night. I'm, I'm sure everybody had the canes, and um, it didn't go well for you, obviously, in, in the financial front. But it's a new week this week, and that means there's all kinds of opportunities for you to make boatloads of money. And you can do so by placing your bets with mybookie.ag. You know who's going to win the game. It's time to put your money where your mouth is and get some money on the game and score big wins this weekend. And um, you can join thousands of online players who are betting at mybookie.ag. Uh, they've got a casino. They've got a race book for those of you that like to bet on horse races. Um, if you're a better and you like to bet on sports, there's the, it's a great new site for you to check out and try out. Looks great. Great graphics. Um, so I, you know, I, I recommend that you, you, you give it a shot, especially when you hear the offer that they have for Kane sport live listeners, which I'll get to in one second, but they have in game live betting. So you can even place your bets after kickoff. And unlike some other websites that you might find, MyBookie.ag offers fast, no hassle payouts when you win. So join now. And for listeners of Kane Sport Live, MyBookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus. So whatever you deposit, they'll match it. And you use the promo code Canes, C-A-N-E-S, to activate the offer. You go to MyBookie.ag today, or you can call 844-900-BETS. That's 844-900-BETS. You play, you win. You get paid at mybookie.ag. So expert or rookie, you got to check out MyBookie. Sign up today. Take advantage of the Court Live special. Use the promo code CANES, C-A-N-E-S, and they will 100% match your initial deposit, which is a pretty darn good deal from mybookie.ag. All right, 646-595-2048, 646 
595-2048 is the number. Let's go out. Remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go to the 754 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome. Yeah, I'm doing all right. How you doing, Jerome? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I wish I had got a chance to meet you, catch up with you. Uh, there was tailgating. The atmosphere was just off the chain. You know, you know, Gary, it it doesn't make you forget the Orange Bowl, but it, you know, you can you know you can really move on and basically know that you know this is this is where we are, and hopefully we just continue to to build on this. Now, Gary, the thing uh, I heard Greg talk about about the the lack of mobility. Uh, Florida State defense, they they played their best defense all season long against us. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things I, I feel they, they were able to do that was Kaya's lack of mobility. Now, case in point, look at them against all the other opponents where they gave up so many yards. Look at, look at, look at even North Carolina with Chubinski, who we will face this Saturday. He picked up first downs and ran when the opportunity was there. He, and he's a pretty good passer, but he got some. He, he can he can run too. Okay, look at Flowers of USL. Look at the. Don't even mention the kid from Louisville. He just destroyed him. Uh, uh, and and also even look at Jim Kelly's nephew uh, uh, when they played. Uh, uh, what's it called? They didn't they didn't allow them to. That's that's what happened when when Florida State has to think about ways the possibility of the quarterback running, then they become discombobulated. And then that's where you can uh, the play the middle will open up, lanes will open up as you throw and everything. I'm tired. It's not that he has to be a running quarterback, but if the opportunity is there, take it, my friend. Take off and run, even if it's if it's positive yards. You plant a seed in their head, and if you do that, the FSU defense they wouldn't be looking as fierce as they were the other night. They knew 100% Kai was not going to run. Therefore, they stayed in, 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 in lanes. They stayed in uh, uh, on sit on routes and whatever, uh, stack the box or whatever. They stayed in formation that that basically gave us trouble most of the night. And and like I say, once we once once one little element comes in uh, 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 that they can run the ball. That's why we got to be careful with Trubinsky this Saturday. You know, he he's not just going to sit back there in the pocket and. And just you know, and look up, look around the field and everything. If a lane is there, he's gonna take it. And then, and unfortunately, Kaya, that makeup, it's it's not there right now. But I, I, he should take that chance, even if he pick up one or two yards. Not for this. If he pick up a first down carry, you gonna throw the wrench in the in the defensive coordinator, uh, 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 um, a computer because it it with FSU, they become. I'm telling you, they quickly become confused and start stepping out of their lane and open up more passing lanes for the offense. I haven't seen it all this season. That's why I said the FSU defense is not the same. He was sitting on the side of uh, uh, Durwin, what is his name? Durwin James, that's him. Well, he, he wasn't yeah. even there most of the game. And that's what I'm saying. They, for them to put on that defensive performance they did the other night, which I commend them and Rick, uh, 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 the coach Jimbo Fisher, he did, he did do a good job as he's known for, uh, a second half adjustment, but one thing I say that second half we stopped them on the first two possessions in the second half. But once again, our offense could not get it going. We could not get it going. We put our defense out there quickly after some three and out, you know. And then hey, pretty soon they're gonna find a rhythm. 
That's, they, I mean, they are good. They're going to find a rhythm after a while. And that's what they did. They found a rhythm. And they, then we kept kept our defense out on the field longer than we would like to have seen it. But they found the rhythm. And, Gary, for one thing, uh, a, a caller said some other things that stole my thunder. is about the ACC referee. I haven't seen enough of it, Gary. I'm going to tell you. And, Gary, not just football, basketball. I see it, in, and even in baseball, Gary, I see it. I see it where these guys, I don't know, it's just, to me, it seems like it's a concentrated effort on behalf of those North Carolina uh, uh, people. I ain't going to get in no name calling them that because that's not me. They they, they, they have that, that thing about that bias of North Carolina. Gary, I'll never forget how they did us last year when we pulled off that game against Duke, and then we had to return to North Carolina. We didn't stand a chance. North Carolina was good. Don't get me wrong. But, Gary, I see some just blatant plays right in front of the referee where he just kept his flag in his pocket that he could have called. And forget holding calls uh, as far as uh, us getting the benefits of holding calls. Like when, and I, We don't get many of them, Gary. We just don't get many of them. That caller who, who was talking about that, he was right, man. We don't get many calls. But uh, moving forward, Gary, we just have to create that atmosphere once again this Saturday. Come out there, hey, regroup and play well again. It's only one loss. We this game here is more important to me than the FSU game because this is the coastal, and we have to come come out on top of of this one and uh and and regroup and, and get back on the uh in, in the W call. You know, other than the fact that it was FSU, this is mm-hmm. a more important game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and Gary, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something else. You. I know it's been beating a dead horse. The offensive tackle, we need some offensive tackling. Gary, I get out to some of the high school games. I caught the kid Donaldson a few times. The kid is a man. Yes, he is. Uh, I caught the kid, the linebacker, Steve. He's a man. I caught and DeAndre. Uh, DeAndre uh, uh, I, I don't see him most of the time because I go to the Carroll City games. Uh, DeAndre, the, uh, the linebacker, Wilder, he's a man. Yeah. But they got a kid next to him, Lugo, who also is a man. <laughs> And I say it's it's some it's some players out here we can get to recruit uh, regroup uh, you know to, uh, to get us back together. And I I, I kind of differ a little bit on the opinion of the previous caller talking about big wide receivers. You need a mixture of, of, of receivers like that. You need a repertoire. You need a, a one kid who can you know if you're going to have short yard, it's best to have a big guy who can get up at the highest point and get the ball. Uh, if you want to stretch the field, of course, those little small guys they that's that's basically their forte. But either way, though, Gary, we're going to get it together. I feel I feel with Mark Rick, uh, with his, you know, recruiting progress and the way he knows coaches and everything, and X's and O's, it'll, come, it'll all come together, Gary. And once again, Gary, you're doing a great job. I look forward to, to meeting you and, uh, you know, keep things sports rolling, man. Take care. And I you got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show as always. Let's go out to the 941. You're live on King's Court Live. Hey, Gary, it's Meister Kane. How are you? What's up, Meister? Hey, hey. Yeah, just uh, angry and frustrated that this happened again, obviously. And, uh, you know, the, just a couple comments here. Uh, you know, the biggest problem is an inconsistent offensive line. You know, and I hear all their calls no saying, you know, why don't we go play action pass? You know, why don't we throw the ball down the field more? Because that Kaya just doesn't have enough time to throw. You know, not only does he, he can't run, but he doesn't have enough time to throw the ball down the field. You only got like maybe two seconds to throw the ball. That's not nearly enough time. Okay. 
But the bottom line is our team needs a better O-line, recruits mostly. But how do we get them to come commit to Miami and not Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, et cetera? Well, I, I truly believe in creating what's called the perfect storm, you know, starting with great relationships with high schools where the top players are from, great coaching, leadership, the environment with, you know, we're getting an indoor practice facility and so on. And that will help increase the chances of getting those offensive linemen, those best football players to come in. But I think one thing we really truly need to do, like that one call I was saying before, is show up at the Rock and pack that stadium so there's no empty seats and be loud at every single home game, no matter who the opponent is, ranked or not, get loud and rowdy for every home game. Because in my opinion, recruits will see that and will know that the fans love and support this football team and generate more enthusiasm in the stands. And I think it can go a long way to, you know, completing that part of the the perfect storm, in my opinion. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this Saturday is a is a great test for the fans. You know, can can they come out for a big ball game at three thirty on Saturday and support the team the way they did on Saturday night against Florida State? Now, you know, I don't know that that they'll draw sixty five thousand again, but. You know, 55,000 should be realistic. Well, I'll tell you what, 55,000 plus two people, that's us. I'm, I mean, me and my wife are going, so <laughs> we'll, we'll be there on Saturday, that's for sure. All right, you got anything else for us? Well, I think, yeah, about it. I mean, you know, I don't know how true it is about about the referees and, you know, the blown calls, my gosh, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I saw a couple holding calls that should have been called, especially in that one touchdown there. So uh, I can't remember the kid's name. Uh, number eight there, forgot his name. But Cornelder got held pretty pretty decent there, and that flag should have been yeah. thrown. Yeah. And, and the targeting call, that was totally ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I thought they should have right overturned on. that one. I don't understand why they didn't. Yeah, I don't either. But you know, the important thing is, though, Gary, we got to pick up and move on. We got to take the take the stinger out and just you know suck it up and move on. Because I believe this game is more important than Florida State one. I mean, this is the coastal, and that's that's the main goal right now is for this team, this football team, to win the coastal. And I, I, I think that really needs to be done here. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. Having two ACC losses at the midway point of the season would not be a good thing. No, no, absolutely not. So, all right. So, I, I, I got to think the kids feel that. You know, I think they'll have a sense of urgency right now. I think they're still a little bit down. Uh, Coach Rick was concerned about the energy at practice today, and the, the coaches had to get into the kids a little bit and try to bring them back up. But um, I, I think by Saturday they'll be ready to go again. They'll understand the importance of this game. Right, and let's hope. And really, let's every hope game. Oh, go ahead. You know. So okay, got to win well, out. Got to win out to call it a successful season. Can't finish second or third in the coastal and say we had a great season. I don't care if you have nine wins. You know, you, uh, it, it, yeah. you know. So they they just got to get it done. All right, oh, anything yeah. else? Absolutely, Gary. Well, just pray that we we get that stadium filled up, man. <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right, thanks for being part of the show. You too, bud. We'll see you.
You got it. Sorry about that. Um, hit the buttons a second too early on you there. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, that'll put you in the queue. We move on next to the 302. You're live on King Sport Live. What's up, Gary? It's Butter P. What's up, Butter P? How are you tonight? How you, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Just like everyone else, uh, I'm down about the game, but uh, I feel good going forward. Uh, you know, I believe every other game is winnable. And, uh, you know, everybody's talked about every situation of the game, but uh, I'm going to point out a few things. A lot of people, some people will blame Badgley. But when you watch the, when you watch that uh, PAT, snap was low, and that's enough. That's enough millisecond enough to give him a chance to pause, even though it looked like he didn't pause. But it wasn't a clean, smooth kick as usual. So I don't blame him. You know what I mean? You had a low snap, and, and the fact that somebody got through. Uh, you know, uh, the O line. Nothing else needs to be said. Everybody said we need players. We need some pillars to step up. You need Donaldson. You need the guys coming in. It's nothing else to say. Now, you can talk about the play calling. I want to talk about that a lot. But, not, you know, I don't want to really, uh, you know, say Rick was wrong. But um, I thought for sure we'd get more of a vertical passing game. But due to the fact that the O-line wasn't as stout, we couldn't do it. So that's another thing. And I heard you say play action a lot. Couldn't really do play action averaging 2.2 yards a carry, could we? We lose you. Hello. Oh, there you are. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Okay, I would just say we couldn't really do play action, and uh, you know Barrios. We talked about some receivers making drops. You know, uh, not to get on Barrios, but if you remember Barrios' freshman year, if he had caught that one pass in the end zone, we beat Florida State, and he had one pass he kind of dropped, like on what, I think it was a slant that could have kept the drive going. You know yes. what I mean? So it was a. Yeah, you know, so that, that, that's two plays he could have made. But he made a great punt return. I got to give him that. I got to give him that. The ball great went right return. off his face. Very uncharacteristic. Right he's, he's a pretty reliable receiver. But in the, on that play, it, the ball went right off his face. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we have a, a couple plays, you know what I mean? We have a couple plays that really uh, set us back. But uh, like I said, I thought for sure, like, I mean, we see the backs out of the backfield. We see the tight ends down the middle. And now I thought for sure we would see that that, that bubble screen when the when the guy from Florida State came up and tackled real aggressively. I thought for sure we would come back to that play and hit him with a double move. You know what play I'm talking about? Yep. I thought they just never sure got to anything. You know, I guess you know they never got to it. Well, you know, uh, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I uh, I'm definitely pro Kane. I believe every other game is winnable. Uh, hopefully, Coach Rick can instill in those guys that you know we got to pick the energy up. We got to be prepared because there's a lot of season left. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of season left. Yep, no doubt. But they got to win. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you hate to see you know they're they're under the gun now, and uh, we're sitting here saying they got to they got to have at least a ten win season for it to be successful, and, and that's if they lose to Notre Dame. I mean. You, I don't think you're going to get away with losing two games and, and winning the Coastal. I mean, you got to beat Virginia Tech. They don't have a loss yet in the conference, and uh, you know they're just they're under the gun. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's 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 part of the price when you play Florida State every year. If you lose that game, and you've got a team at the top of the Coastal 
like Virginia Tech this year that doesn't play FSU and doesn't play Clemson, if you lose the Florida State game, you're spotting them a game. Exactly. But I think I, I think they're winnable. I can't say, you know, uh, I can't say that uh, Virginia Tech and UNC are extra tough. They're going to be tough because it's football. But they got, you know, you see the way Virginia Tech handled North Carolina. Even, even though every game is different, Virginia Tech handled North Carolina. Maybe North Carolina got up for that game versus Florida State, had a letdown. I know they're going to come and give us their best shot, but if Rick is the coach that we think he is, he's going to have those guys prepared. And another thing, I, I never was against the hiring of Coach Rick, but I, I, I made a post earlier in the, uh, around the time he was hired saying I didn't want anything like Georgia because I never found a Georgia offense explosive because it's too run-heavy. And the number 10 is run-heavy, but nowadays – I'm not saying you got to be spread, but you have to attack with the pass. There's nothing wrong with keeping the game balanced. But you see it in the NFL, you see it in, uh, throughout college. You have to throw that ball around. The rules have been made. You see you got the targeting calls and all that stuff. It's made for you to get the ball downfield, and we got to take advantage of that. Nothing wrong with running the ball because that he looks like a genius if the holding call isn't called on Mark Watton, but you got to throw that ball down the field. They're daring you, not 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 the teams daring you, but it's made for you to move the pigskin. The rules have changed for you to throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? So we got to take advantage of that. Yep. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? Oh yeah, one last thing uh, about the guy who said the big receivers, small receivers, and you said you got to have them. You don't have half, you don't have to have too many of them. The best receiver in the NFL is not a big receiver. His name is Antonio Brown. That's a small guy. So don't – I'm not a small guy. I'm six feet myself. But don't diminish the small guy. That's all. I don't know. That it, it, I mean, I'm going to look it up right now. I, I never considered Antonio Brown um, a small receiver. He's about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, probably. Yeah, 5'10". You're right. I mean, yeah, I mean that, you're right. And he's the that's, best that's in not, But it's not 5'8", but you're right. I mean, you're not wrong, but I, but I, you know, unless it's Antonio Brown, I just don't think you can have a large number of small receivers on your team. I think you could have, you can have a couple. You know, Braxton Berrios is one that you have right now. You had Sam Bruce. Yeah. Now Sam Bruce is out. You know, you can recruit. You know, one more of those guys this year. True that. Well, thanks for having but too me. Too many of them. You're just wasting your time because you're not going to be able to put a. You know, multiples of them on the field very often together. So no, because they, they won't hold up in the blocking game. You're correct. No, but uh, correct. Great show. Thank you for having me on. Keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of it. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the nine one seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm impressed, man. Everyone's kind of mellowing out here. You know, I mean, everybody I know was really <laughs> upset, and you know, but but uh, everyone who's calling into the show is. Yeah, I mean, you're making great points. You're being very logical and reasonable, and yeah. I like it. It's good. Yeah, but you know what it is? Like we're all watching the game, right? We're all watching the game, man. You know, for the past couple of weeks before the Florida State game, everybody kept asking, you know, where's the offense? Where's the playbook? Where's the this? Where's that? Everybody was like, well, maybe he's going to break it out during the Florida State game. <laughs> we still haven't seen the playbook, I don't think, Gary. Well, come on. I mean, so let's, not, let's, let's be playbook. fair. 
I mean, I I, th- I think the the two touchdown passes to Stacy Coley were plays that you saw for the first time this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I'm watching. I mean, the, um, the, the, the last one, the fourth down play, was incredibly well designed. Um, you know, Stacy Coley ran a nice little circle. You know, um, he kind of mm-hmm. circled around the, the the defensive back and gave the other receivers time to clear out that side of the field for him and. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a beautiful play. It was, it, I mean, McFadden did a great job defending it, to be honest with you. I, I mean, it took a perfect pass from Kaya to get it in there, but uh, I thought that was a real nice little play. Um, I thought the first touchdown play to Stacey Coley, where they cleared out the right side of the field for him and let him go one-on-one with the DB, um, I thought that was a real nice play. So, I mean, you're seeing, you know, you're seeing some things. You're just not seeing a total commitment to downfield passing. Which some people love. Well, right, I right, I understand that. And the previous caller, you know, was saying uh, something about like, you know, um, Rick's commitment to the run and and things of that nature. Remember, he came from the SEC. You didn't see too many pass happy teams in the SEC. You know, they were more grinders. They would grind out the ball, grind you out, grind you out, grind you out, and eventually wear you down. You know, so hey, FSU, I guess, you know, he FSU, like I said earlier, they ran the ball forty three times and threw it thirty one, and they won the game. So you I mean, don't have to they be have the one, they, have the, they had the one back that could have done it, and that's Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook well, was hitting the hole Mark so Walton hard that those guys it. were holding for their life. I've yeah, but never Mark Walton seen, could be as effective as Dalvin Cook is. He he just needs blocking. Gary, yeah, Dalvin Cook is the only guy, if you give him the ball, he, there's a 90% chance he's going to break it. I've, never, I've seen – I was watching our safeties hold on for dear life. For dear life. I mean, thank God. I don't know what kind of tackling they taught during the spring, but it worked. So those guys were holding on for dear life. I've never seen a running back hit the hole that hard that fast. And they were, I mean, the last line of defense held on, managed to bring him down. If that wasn't the case, he would have rushed for over close to 300 yards on us. There was some amazing tackling in that game. The defense has come yeah, a long way. Yeah, I agree. Way. And, I and mean, he's, guys, he's, he might be, he's probably the best running back in the country this year. But he, he averaged 5.6 yards a carry. Mark Walton's capable of averaging 5.6 yards a carry. I think that what Correct, you saw, not BK, every team. BK, not I think what you team. saw, it, but he is capable of doing his every team. I don't think that's the issue. I think what you found out is that Florida State's offensive line is a little bit further along than Miami's offensive line. Yeah. yeah I don't think I either guess, one of them is so. great. I don't think either line is great, but I think you saw – that Florida State's a little further along at the offensive line position right now than Miami. Right. They are a little further along than we are. And and just like we did, like we made the commitment just like they did to play man-to-man defense, and we were going to stack the box against Dalvin Cook, and they were going to stack the box against us. But when they kept running that run-pass option, I'm like, why are they doing this? They're not fooling you. <laughs> guy's the slowest guy. In the history of college football, I'm like, why Why do they keep running this play? I keep waiting for them to bring in the two tight ends and that 285-pound fullback that we got and pound it on them. Like, I wasn't against the running, but I'm like, come on, let's pound it on them now. You know, we got, you know, just pound the ball on them just to, just to slow down that rush, you know. I'm like, where's our 285-pound fullback that Mark Rick raved about? 
you know, where's our second tight end? You know, like yeah, he you know, he probably ends, was not probably was not in the game plan the way he needed to be. If they were going to run the ball like they like they wanted to, they probably needed that fullback in the game plan to help out the that, offensive line. Not only is he a fullback, he's two hundred and eighty-five pounds. He's a he's a fast offensive lineman. He's huge. He could run. He could catch. I figure, okay, they're going to stack eight in the box. Let's pound them for a little while. Let's let that 285-pound fullback beat up on that linebacker or that blitzing safety. After a while, they're not going to want to do it anymore. You know, I kept waiting for that. It never came. And that run-pass option, it drove me crazy every time I saw Brad Ty fake it and run. Like, nobody followed him. <laughs> you know, it, it drove me crazy all night long. But the defense was the most impressive thing I've ever seen out of Miami in the last six years. Yeah, uh, just I the, mean, the, just how hard they played. Now they, you know, they weren't perfect by any stretch. Uh, they got totally no, they dominated perfect, in, in the third quarter into the fourth. Uh, so it wasn't perfect, but the thing you had to fall in love with was just how hard listen, they were two, playing. You know what it is? Those two, t- you know, the you know, touchdown with Dalvin Cook, Pinkney fell down, and the one with uh, with Winfield. I think the kid's name was, was whoever it was. He was yeah, late um, getting out, and 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 uh, Cornelder got and held. And Cornelder got held. But so bigger than Cornelder getting held was Pinkney getting out there late. He just didn't make it there. He didn't get to the play. So but you know, I mean, it's it's going to happen. I would, You're playing I would young take kids. that. I would take He's that. He's a young kid playing for the first the... time. Florida State BK is one of the best offenses in the country. Exactly, and Dalvin Cook is going to do that to every team he plays, regardless if it's Alabama. LSU, Ohio State, he's going to get that run every single play. So I wasn't mad at that play. I wasn't mad at that play. We held them to 20 points. And we looked great doing stopping Dalvin Cook. Well, we really didn't stop him. We just slowed him down. He had over 200 yards of total offense. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But last year, if he would have had 200 yards of total offense, FSU would have put 40 on the board. But no, the, the, the defense played very hard, and, and and that's right now with all these young kids, that's all all you could ask is for the effort that they're given. I mean, they're going to get beat it. sometimes. You know, they're you know that's Mike it. Pinkney is playing great, but he's going to be late to a play every now and then. You know, he's not he's well, seeing he's everything freshman. for the first. He's a freshman. You got well, he's a freshman it. seeing you everything for the first time. Yeah. All yeah. right, BK, you got you anything else? Yeah, anything like else let's tonight? just chalk this up as Mark Rick hasn't called plays in like eight years. And he was a little bit rusty because he could have did a whole lot better. But the asterisk you got to put on it since he's called the game is if the offensive line played better, Mark Rick would have looked a lot better. Okay, let's be honest. I know, but just like, but just like all the big time coaches say, even if your team has a deficiency, you still have to put those guys in a position to win. And I don't think Mark Rick put them in a position to win. You know our offensive line was a deficiency, so what could you have done differently to put these to help these guys out? Maybe bringing in two or three tight end sets. You know what I'm saying? Maybe bringing in that 285-pound fullback. He didn't do that. He didn't put those guys in a position to succeed. He didn't properly motivate them, you know, to succeed. You know, they were getting beat out there. They were getting beat on, and he just left them out there. He didn't make any adjustments to try to, help them in any way. He did not put them in a position to win, and that's what all the great coaches do. 
you understand that certain parts of your team are may have a deficiency. So what you have to do is you have to put them in a position to succeed, and he didn't do that with the offensive line. Like, they just left those guys out there. They were getting beat on, and Kaya was getting beat on because of it. You know, where was the second tight end? Where was the third tight end? You know, like, where was where was that 285-pound fullback? You know, we didn't see that. So I'll chalk it up to Russ. But you can't let those guys stay out there and get beat on, you know, like that, without helping them in any way. You All know, right, like BK, he just kept let me let other guys get on. Change. I hear you, thanks Gary. All right, keep me hold. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Hopefully uh, there will be happier things to talk about. Let's go out to the 7-8. Let's go to the 7-8-6 now. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary? Yes, sir. How you doing, Gary? Gary, uh... You know what? I've just been hearing all this talk. Uh, John. Hey, what's up, Gary? Man? Just want to let you know, man. Hey, they play their butts off. The better, the better team did not win. I mean, Miami just made some huge mistakes. And like I said, they're they're not only playing FSU. They they are playing the officials. That uh that hold that was weak. That hold call. Another thing, the targeting. Wow. I mean, even if we played it. I, I was surprised they let that go by like that. That's just to show. But the defense did a phenomenal job. You know what? We I don't think offensively we played as good as we usually do. But imagine if we would have played a decent game on offense. Defense would have played the same. We would have blown out FSU. You know, we just without those big mistakes, the interception and the the missed uh, the one he slipped, and he and he went. But uh, besides that, man, I'll be there in North Carolina. I hope everybody shows up, and uh, thank you for uh, for this show. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, you've heard me talking about all the canesport.com subscribers that I ran into at the stadium on Saturday night. And there was one constant that I could say, and um, a lot of these guys had nice, clean shades. And that means that we have all kinds of people taking advantage of the special offers that we've brought to you this year on the show from Harry's Razors. And um, I've been telling you about Harry's all season long. And, you know, the big razor companies, they have the annoying habit of putting out new models and raising their already high prices. Unlike those guys, Harry's doesn't believe in upcharging, which is why they have made their razors even better and better. And they're keeping prices exactly the same. And, um, you know, Harry calls me every week and, keeps telling me more and more Canes fans are getting into this Harry's blade, uh, razor thing. And um, they're five-blade razors that include softer flex hinges for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places, a lubricating strip, and a textured handle for more control when it's wet. And it's still just $2 a blade, even though they just released uh, a, a newly improved blade compared to four dollars or more that you pay at the drugstore. And when you go to the drugstore, you got to sit there, you got to bother the clerk who's got to open up that glass case where they've got all the razor blades locked up because they're so expensive that everybody tries to steal them, and that's why they got them um, under lock and key in the stores. Well, Harry's will ship them right to your house. And by owning the factory in Germany where they make the blades, Harry's can produce high-quality razors themselves and sell them online for half the price. So they've got to continue to have a special offer for all you guys that listen to Kane Sport Live every week. They're so confident in the quality of their blades that they will send you their popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, 
a five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel for free when you sign up for a shave plan. You will only pay for shipping. So when you go to harrys.com, you use the code CANES, C-A-N-E-S, at checkout, and you will also get free post-shave bomb added to your order, compliments of Harry's. So go to harrys.com right now, enter the code CANES at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave bomb. That's harrys.com, code CANES. I can't recommend them enough um, to get the best shave out there that you can find. All right, let's get back to the show. 646-595-2048-646-595-2048 is the number. And let's go now to the 318 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. It's the anti-Kane. Can you hear me? <laughs> you're supposed to be the anti-Noel, not the anti-Kane. I'm the anti-Kane. I'm on your board. <laughs> I got you. How you oh, doing, I man? I have you got? one question for you. I have one question for you, Gary. Gus Edwards, what's going on there? Why don't we play Nothing. him? He's just not getting a lot of playing time. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, not enough plays. I, I mean, Walton's your number you one back. You got Marcus Williams. You got Marcus Williams. Listen, let me answer. Williams. Hey, anti, anti, let me answer your question. You know, I'm going to answer it for, answer it for you. Mark Walton got 14 carries. Okay, now he's your number one running back. I don't think anybody would argue that. Okay, Florida State's number one running back got 27 carries in that game the other night. I'd like to see Mark Walton getting 20 shots, 20 carries a game personally. Okay, he got 14 the other night. Joe Yearby got 10, and that was it. There were no more carries to go around. And you're hearing all the fans hollering that they should have thrown the ball more. So there's just not they're not getting enough plays in these games. The the offense just isn't running as efficiently as it needs to. I mean, they should be getting um, at least, you know, 65, 70 plays a game. Um, and, and they're not, they're not getting there. And, um, you know, it, Gus Edwards is falling victim to that. He's just, there's just not enough plays to go around for three backs. Shouldn't he just be the guy who just pounds the line, softens it up for Walton and for Yerby? Walton's a tough runner, I mean, though. I mean, you know, Walton's not just a finesse back. I mean, he's, he's a strong runner. He is, but he doesn't weigh 230 pounds. He weighs 205 pounds. And then you got Marquez Williams, as uh, you know, going in and pounding the line as well. Soften them up. By the fourth quarter, we would have had them. So I, I love Gus opinion. Edwards. But, but, you know, right now he's the number three running back. <laughs> And, no, and you know, th- there's certainly nothing wrong with what Year- Walton and Yearby are doing. I don't think anybody's going to blame Walton or Yearby for anything. They're, playing, they're both playing great. Now, Gary, I'm going to tell you something. I think we would have the same record today if we had Al Golden as head coach. What's you might, but, but, but your program wouldn't be in as, as good a shape as it is. I don't think you'd be building the indoor practice facility just yet. You know, I don't think that the Sofer family would have been so willing to step forward to the level that they did if they didn't feel the way they did about Mark Richt, uh, you know, after after meeting with Mark and talking to Mark. Um, you know, I don't think the fan base would be as behind the program as they are. The stadium would not be as full and wouldn't have the same atmosphere. Um, so I agree with you. I, I think that 
the record would be four and one right now, but the program would not be in anywhere near the same state that I think everybody would agree that it's in right now. Now, all so that said, they can't go lose these games coming up. Okay, you got to beat Carolina Saturday at home, and then you got to rally the troops, and you got to somehow, some way, find a way to go to Blacksburg on Thursday night and win that game. And if you win those two, you're in control of the Coastal Division. Right, but look, I'm a Kane fan. I'm an alumni, and I'm a Kane fan. Actually, I'm a, I was a student athlete at Miami back in the 80s. But I just don't think we have the horsepowers to win next this week. Well, let's see. And I, let's not uh, let, let, let's not be negative Nancys here, okay? This team's played pretty well this year. I, I mean, you I, know, come on. And, 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 and if a couple, if a couple more plays go their way on Mark Saturday Ray. night, they're fine. They're, wait, wait, wait one second. If a couple more plays go their way on Saturday night, they're 5-0 and oh and ranked probably, I think, number seven in the country. So let's not get negative Nancy just yet. You know, let's give these kids a chance to show up on Saturday night and play a good ball game. Well, you know, give them a chance. We got lucky we only lost by one point. You do know that. Well, no, I don't, no I don't agree with that. I'll argue that all night. I think Florida State got lucky they didn't lose by 10. Well, I, I think it could, have, it could have gone both ways. But How? Know, we're they getting get a, there. They didn't, I think, a, they didn't have a touchdown call I, back. I, I'm just saying three years will be champions. I think it'll take us three years. But I think this year, next year, we're going to start making some waves. And that third year, that's when he's really going to have the program humming and rolling. Uh, but I think it's just a little premature. You have time to make waves this year. If this team does what it should do and, 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 and wins out in the ACC, and you're talking about finishing, you know, depending on what happens at Notre Dame, 10-2 and two or 11-1, and one, are you kidding me? If Miami is able to pull that off this year, that would be unbelievable. They'll be the talk of college oh, football in the South. So let me tell you something. It. Let's not get all negative here. Like, give these kids a chance. The defense is playing hard as heck. Um, you, you, you can see what they're putting together on that side of the ball. And, and the offense can play a lot better than if they've been playing. Well, it's been, what, 13 years, hasn't it? Yeah. 13 so let, years. Like, it's yeah, been tough. Let's see what they do on Saturday, and then we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this subject next Tuesday night. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to head over to uh... – to uh, Notre Dame to go watch that game live down there. So I hope uh, some other Kane fans head that way that uh, as well. So I could uh, really They'll enjoy be quite it when a, I'm a, You'll, you'll yeah. see plenty of Kane right. fans at that game. All right? All right, give us a call next week. We'll pick up this subject we'll next Tuesday night and see how they do Saturday. I will. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. You know, I I just I think you got to give the kids a chance. You know, I, I, there's there's other than the, a few things going wrong the other night, it's been a pretty nice season so far, and and there's been a lot to be excited about. And uh, this is a really tough game Saturday, North Carolina. Uh, with all respects to what happened on Saturday in the in the rain, where Virginia Tech caught them uh, in a little bit of a letdown game after beating Florida State. Um, North Carolina is a very dangerous team that's got a real dynamic offense, a good quarterback. Uh, they got some real uh, ballers at receiver that, that are tough kids that, 
that you know play real hard. And uh, this is not an easy assignment by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Miami's defensive backs are going to really be put to the test this weekend. And you got no Jamal Carter in in the first half, so there's some challenges there. But um, you know, I just I just don't think you go all negative here. I think you give the kids a chance to rise to the occasion here in these next few games and, uh, and, and, and take charge of the coastal. All right. Six, four, six, five, nine, five, two, zero, four, eight, hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the nine, five, four. Now you are live on uh, Kate sport live. We'll be late tonight. Brother. I ain't going out there. Are you with us? No, I'll, I'll come back to you. You gotta uh, get your act a little better together there. All right, let's go to the um, the three five two. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's up? are you? Yeah, who's this? T Kane, Gary. What's up, man? What you got for us? I hear a lot of points. I hear a lot of things they saying. So I'm gonna go to the past. I'm looking at. I think we can finish. The ACC undefeated. I think we got to get Washington to lose and Houston to be Louisville, and we get in the playoffs. Anything can happen. I, I wouldn't worry about the playoff right now. That's a long shot. I would. Uh, worry, I would. About, worry, worry about winning the Coastal and getting to that game in Orlando against Clemson. Okay, that's as good as the playoff right now. Did you remember um, last year? Scott, Scott lost the North Carolina and the Clemson game. I mean, Scott lost the North Carolina game. He lost the bowl game. Unexperienced coach. Talent was there. Talent is there now. The only reason we didn't win the game Saturday, only reason we didn't win the game Saturday, because the play column was a suspect, a little bit suspect. We should have won that game by 20 points. Okay, let me ask you a question, an honest question. If, if Miami wins that game 30-20 to 20 with the exact same play calls, and and those couple things go the, go the other way, and you know the the Walton run doesn't get called back. Kaya doesn't throw the interception, and they make the extra point, and they win the game thirty to twenty with the exact same play calls that they had the whole night. Are you saying the same thing? Absolutely. There's no really. If you look, see what I do is I go back and I look at the other team. Florida State gave up at least thirty five points in every game except Georgia Southern. And we know they wasn't going to score 35 points on Florida State. There's no way we shouldn't have scored 35 points on Florida State. If Florida State scored 40 points, I'll take the loss. There's no way they should have won that game. But outside of that, if Washington lose and Houston beat Louisville, we're in the playoffs. I got this, kid. I, I promise you, Gary, this team is great. I think I think Murray's going to fix the things that Golden wouldn't have done, adjust, make the adjustments, and we have a defense. That's the best thing about it. We have a defense now. We ready to go. This guy here is talking about, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm a, I love my cane, so you got to be optimistic. You can't just put everything on like you love. But I just, I just think that there's nobody on our schedule that can beat us if we play the way we can play. There's nobody on our schedule that can beat us. Notre Dame is what, what, one and two and four? North Listen, Carolina I don't State. disagree. I don't disagree with you at all. That's why I'm saying give the kids a chance to do it. I I, I agree. Like I think these next two games are going to be very very difficult. Okay. But you got the point. If you if you make the kick and make the extra point and you win, we're undefeated now. 
Yeah, it's a whole different You get all different calls tonight to your line about what we can do. But people are so weak in their head, they don't see that the, the block kick is, is the reason they're talking the way they're talking. That block kick don't change our team. Our team is a great team. I think Mark Rick got to call a better play caller. I think he'll get better from that game. I mean, I think he, I think he saw what he should have did different. But who's going to stop us? You talking about we gave up three. Well, now slow down. Slow down, because let me tell you something. Carolina is good enough to stop you, and so is Virginia Tech. You got to play well. They you are, gotta go. They always have been. They always have. You got to play. Re- you got to play very good games the next two games. You gave up three starters before the season, and we got one of the best defense in college football right now. Them boys playing like they done lost their goddamn mind, dude. We got one of the best team. When our defense is back, Miami is back. That's why I say Miami is back. Offense is going to find a way to score. That defense is off the chain right now. Yeah, when but they got to be off the chain against North Carolina and Virginia Tech the way they were, you know, at times against Florida State. You I'm know, they got to come bring the same, they got to bring the same effort. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think they won't. I don't think they won't. Well, why would they? Well, they should, but I you did. know they got to do it. We always have. When Miami was Miami, we always done that. I'm not saying that they go out there, they don't show up, they don't do their job. We won't lose. I'm just saying if they do their job, they do what we tell them to do. We will win. You always got the somebody won't show up. Sam Bruce needs to be gone. Whatever Sam Bruce did, I don't care if he smoked a cigarette. Get rid of his ass. Miami football is Miami football. And we have a great coach. I met him in Orlando at the Grand Bohemian. He's a great man, a great coach, no nonsense. We have everything in place to be great. Almost like when Jimmy Johnson when Jimmy Johnson went to the pros, Mark Rick ain't going nowhere. We, we good for life if people be patient. They don't want it to be overnight. I think we the hey, I think I got we don't stop if, if, if they rise to the occasion here and win these games, it's overnight. I mean if if they go eleven and one or ten and two this year and win the coastal and go to the ACC championship game, I mean that's kinda overnight. I don't say it's overnight. I think Golden recruited well. Golden couldn't coach. He had the talent, he couldn't coach. We hit the worst defense in Miami history on the Golden. We got one of the best defense in the country. If Golden would have kept Cooley, the offensive coordinator, so he could watch the whole team and then try to coach the team, we would have never lost the four-state game. We would have put 100 points on their ass. He needed an offensive coordinator. That's the only thing I see. He needed an offensive coordinator. He don't need to try to, to coach. I know he wants to, but he don't. That's the only problem we have. He got to get an offensive coordinator because he has so much going on. With, with with the team for talent, he got a he got a whole lot going on. But I promise you, Gary, we finish out this season. We're gonna beat Clemson, and I say Clemson because they're gonna beat Florida State. And then we're gonna beat them. Then see see what happens. That's why I want Washington and Houston to lose. Watch what I tell you, Gary. Remember, remember we had this phone call conversation. Remember that. All right. Well, I love your optimism, I, and I don't disagree that it's not. I mean, I agree it's possible. Injury can change anything. Bar injury, yep. man, it's on. All right, give us a call next week, Muhammad. and we'll see how it goes on Saturday. All right? Gary, you met Grace, Muhammad, and Young. 
Imagine we had them. I mean, just yeah. amazing. It's amazing that right now. Those defensive ends are playing so well, they don't miss Muhammad one bit. I know, but death. I'm just saying death-wise. Imagine we had the death. That's the only thing hurting them. Yeah. That's the only thing hurting well, them. Well, they got, they, they got plenty of depth on the D-line. They're rotating guys like crazy. Experienced it. All right, give us, a call. give us a call next Tuesday. We'll see how the Carolina game goes, all right? But I like your optimism. Right. Thank you, Gary. All right. See you later. We'll, yep, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Let's go to the 954. You're live on King Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. Man, I've been waiting. This got to be the most hype King Sport Live ever in history. Can you agree with that? The most hyped? Well, yeah, yeah, because there's not a lot of negativity and it's a lot of optimism. And and, and to, to me, that's awesome, man, because we're so young on defense. We got Mark Ritt. Even you, you have a little turp in your little voice, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a good football team. I really do. I, I, I think that they just weren't as solid as they needed to be the other night, and they had some bad things happen to them. But, they, I mean, for the most part, you know, the stats kind of say Florida State had the upper hand. I mean, I, I thought Miami was right there the whole game. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I looked at I looked at the uh, Georgia Tech. I looked at how Clemson beat Georgia Tech. And then I started looking at, um, I hate to say it, I looked at FSU, um, a season with FSU, and I was worried about the D-line because that's their strength. That That's basically their strength of their defense. If that D-line can't get to you, basically you're going to put up 100, 100 points on them. And I was worried about that. And I, I, the only thing about that is I just didn't feel that Mark Rick the type of plays, he is, it's okay to be 50-50, but it's when you're 50-50 that makes the most, that makes the most difference. Like, you can, you can call 100 pass plays and 200 run plays, but it's when you do those that makes the most difference. Yeah, okay. No argument. You know, uh, you know, um, but I, I'm with you. I'm just staying online. I, honestly, I was in the queue an hour ago, and I'm like, Gary is really doing his thing. And I, I appreciate that, Gary, because, like I said, I've been a Kane sport member uh, going on like 16 years. He's Black Kane. I, I, I've been with you, man, and, and keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it, bro. It gives all Kane guards a, a way to vent, and, and, and it's been an awesome situation, especially knowing stuff before it. It reaches the media. It's like by the time people hear, oh, Bruce is not on the team, it softens the blow a little bit because I've already heard it an hour or two before. So, and I appreciate that, man, and, and I pre- thank you. No sweat, man. Hey, thank you for being part of it, and uh, thanks for calling the show tonight. No problem. Thank you, Gary. Uh, all right, let's go to the um, 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, how you doing? Doing great. Who's this? This is uh, Team TC, Team AC. It's the, the husband and wife couple from last week that had the uh, great okay, debate it's... about Mark Rick. Okay, thought, yeah, but no, no religion. No no religion tonight. Let's just stay on football. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep it nice and short tonight, Gary. I just had um, 
few observations that I noticed from last week's game. Uh, tell me, Gary, we're driving the ball, right, down the field, and Stacy Coley get called with two lining up offside. How does that happen at the wide receiver I know. position? Well, I, I, I know. It, 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 you know. It's horrible. I mean, you can't let that happen. I mean, Stacy played so well, and he made the big plays and all that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, that's how you lose games. You can't let those things happen. You, you have to line up right. You have to. You know, here's the thing about Stacy, and I, sometimes I think his mental toughness breaks down a little bit. And you know, I don't like his body language sometimes. It seems like every every time he makes a catch, he's ready to come out of the game, and you know, he he, he feels like he, he feels time. like hurt or nicked up or whatever. That's the one thing I if if, if, if that I would love to see Stacy just remove from his portfolio and, and just get a little bit mentally tougher to where he's not looking to come out of the damn game all the time. I mean, you know, you're the best receiver on the team, stay on the darn field. And, and what happened was he was waving, uh, at least on the second one, he was waving that he wanted to come out of the game and the coaches said, no, stay in the damn game. And, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he went and he, and he lined up and he, he was half-assed about it and he, and, he, and he didn't make sure he was lined up in the right spot. He was in the neutral zone and he cost the team five yards. I mean, that, that is critical in a game like Miami-Florida State where it's going to be decided by a player or two here or there. So uh, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right and, and, and they have to – just be mentally tougher than that, and and the best teams are mentally tougher, and you got to be mentally tough. It sounds like that's a, a, a Duke Johnson disease that has transferred over to Stacy Coley because every time Duke Johnson would get a nice long run, he would always pat his helmet and say, "Coaches, take me out." I'm like, yeah, what, are you what is serious? what is that? Yeah, like like why would you want to? You're, it's Miami, Florida State. Like, why would you want to? I mean, you're Stacy Coley. You're the man. Okay, this is your season. This is this is it, man. You're playing for millions of dollars right now. Okay, I mean, why would you want to come out of that game? Why are you so anxious to come out? Suck it up. And I mean, I mean, if you're really hurt, that's one thing. But he wasn't really hurt because he he kept coming. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I love. I I think you know Stacy Coley is a great player. And I and I thought he I thought he competed like a maniac the other night, and those two touchdown plays were incredible plays by him, and and it was all him. Um, but you know you want to you want to see him be a little mentally tougher, stay in the darn game, and get lined up properly. You can't cost your team two five yard penalties, especially when we got momentum. We're driving down the field, and it happened twice. I, it, it may have happened three times, but I noticed twice for sure. I said to myself, are you serious? That's something that you do in Pop Warner. The wide receiver always check with the official to make sure that he's lined up on side. And I saw that happen twice, and I, I just almost threw my remote. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Those are the little, those are the little things that add up to losing a ball game like that. I mean, you're absolutely right. So I, don't, I don't know if anyone else touched on that earlier, but – I, I just noticed that, and I was just, you know, I was shocked. I was shocked. Then also, too, Gary, I think this was mentioned, like, you know, well before the season started, how weak we were at offensive line. And I thought that, you know, by this time we should be somewhat developed, and I guess we're still not there based on depth. So how, and, uh, and it just got worse because now you're down one more guy, uh, Sonny Adagu. I mean, he'll be lucky if he makes it back 
for the last couple games of the season. Uh, so now you got St. Louis, St. Louis moving into the starting tackle spot. Uh, you don't, you can't afford any more injuries there. Yeah, what about Bar Milo? How's he coming along? Is he not ready yet? He's, he's, he's behind. Yeah, I mean the next guy in is Alex Gall. If 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 um, Trevor Darling or St. Louis get hurt, I, I think they'd have to bring in Alex Gall to play guard and move Casey McDermott outside. Or if one of the guards get hurt, Alex Gall is now in there as a starter. I mean, I mean they're down. Uh, I mean. The, he, he, uh, they can't afford any more offensive line injuries, in my opinion. Yeah, that that just kill us. And also, too, Gary, um, is it Dale Harris? Is, am I pronouncing his name correctly? Yeah, uh, yeah Dale Harris. Harris. Yeah, why didn't we use him? Or uh, I don't know. He's not getting a lot of chances. Really I don't. I, I don't know why. No, I mean he looked fine to me in 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 uh, preseason, in camp. Uh, I mean I think he's capable. Uh, they're just going mostly with uh, Richards and Coley and Barrios right now. Barrios, okay. And then my last thing. Uh, and I, uh, you know, Malcolm Lewis got in a little bit. I saw him get in a little bit. Um, I'm not sure I remember seeing Dale Harris out there at all the other night. I, I saw him, but they didn't throw the ball his way at all or whatever. But I did see him on the field. But my last gotcha. my last thing, too, Gary, is, is something that you also mentioned like a while back. The receivers are not getting like any separation from the defensive backs. They did I mean, the other night. Yeah, and that that cost us too because even, those guys even on the successful, even on the successful plays, they didn't have separation. I mean, the, those two Kaya touchdown passes to Stacy Coley were perfect. Um, they were perfect, but, but but the coverage was was pretty good on both of those. I mean, Florida State's DBs give them credit. They 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 stepped it up in that game. They played way better than they've been playing earlier this year. And then two, last thing, Gary, and then I'll let you go. Determination and will. That was something that Florida State seemed like they had more than what we had. That's, that was pretty much the outcome of that game. They had a little bit more determination and will. I mean, the kicker that got barely blocked when Berrios was running down the field on that punt return was falling down to the ground and he still grabbed Dario's leg. I'm like, oh, are you serious? Yeah, that was, that was an amazing play by that kid. I, I agree with you. Florida State played really hard. I'm not going to agree with you that they played harder than Miami. I thought both teams played as hard as you could play. Yeah, I, I didn't say they, they played harder. I just said determination and will. They just well, that's the same thing. Like, I don't think they were. I don't think Florida State was more determined than Miami. Miami was plenty determined. That's not why well, they yeah, lost. They, they they lost because the one touchdown got called back because Kaya threw an interception in the end zone um, right. because the extra point got blocked. I mean, that's why they lost. Right, right. And, beca- and because they screwed up they screwed up on two defensive plays in the third quarter and let them get touchdowns. Yeah, they did. They did. So hopefully, you know, they, they went in uh, this week, they watched the, the film, and they'll correct those few minor mistakes and then come out with a win at North Carolina or beat North Carolina down in Miami this weekend. And that's all I had to say, Gary. Uh, if you can, please keep me on. And as always, you got it, man. It's, nice, it's nice to call in and, and hear this, this awesome show each week. Thank you, you got so it, man. much. Thank you for being part of it and give us a call next week. Let's go to the 513. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing, man? This is Wink from Cincinnati. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Wayne? 
What you got? Um, well, a couple points. Um, I just felt, I guess I'm just sick to my stomach, like I really want to throw up because I felt like we had that game, and I felt the tide of the game turn when Kaya threw that pick. When Kaya threw that pick in the end zone, I just was like, now you gave him life. Even if we go up 16-3, to I think it was 13-3 to at the time, we go up 16-3, yep. to that game's over. Because Florida State this year has proven that um, they're a mentally weak team. To I me. don't. No, no, no. I can't agree. I got to let me disagree with you on that. Number one, I don't think you could say the game is over. Florida State has proven on multiple occasions this season that they might be the best come from behind team in college football. I mean, they were down big to Ole Miss. They came back. They were down to South Florida. They came back. They they fought North Carolina tooth and nail and just had some bad breaks go their way at the end. I mean, I don't think we can assume the game would have been over, but it would well, have reestablished it would have reestablished con- the control the, of the game. But and you're, and right, you're absolutely but, right. But, when, he threw, when, he, when he threw the interception, everything changed. It, it, it was like the whole momentum of the game changed. Well, to put it like this, when when they were playing Louisville. One of the things that Louisville did was was when they went up and and Florida State had to come back and Louisville just their intensity it never they never left and I felt like when my when we threw that pick we were deflated it, it was almost like we were I was almost like going back to the golden years like oh god here we go again you know what I mean like it's it's I just see it coming like the seniors should not be making mentally weak dislike the mistakes. Like the call well, four seven state he's, he's a junior. He's a junior, but yeah, well, he's a junior. No, I'm talking about that. just the upperclassmen. Period. Like Kaya shouldn't be making I, mistakes like that in your third horrible. year. Horrible. I, I Coley should be. He shouldn't be lining up offside. I mean, and he did it. And and the play that Brad threw the pick. I think that's when Coley got called for the first one, and they got backed up five yards. And I'm sitting there like, why are we making these goldenized mistakes still? Why is Isadora slamming your helmet? Why are you doing that? You're a senior. You're a fifth-year senior. Why are you doing that? It, it, it just it just, it just baffles. Listen, I'm not trying to be a negative Marvin. I think that Rick has came in and, and changed the culture of the program, but we still got players still stuck with these mentally – they're just making mental mistakes. I just don't understand, like, why are you making them? Braxton Berrios, listen, I'm at the point now where he's just a punt returner to me. Like, put in, at least with Mullins, hell, he made the one-handed catch in the, all, in the Under Armour game. Put him in, at least, because Berrios is dropping balls that he should catch. I think when he, Mullins knows I, what he's doing sufficiently, I think he'll get more playing time. I mean, he's a good athlete. No, no, no. I, listen, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, it, it's, it's just that, you know, I just get frustrated because with this team, I just don't think Rick trusts the offense to call plays that he wants. You can see it. Even with okay, I'll give you a prime example. Every pass that Kaya threw was either a three step drop or it was a quick seven step get rid of it. It was no type of confidence. I haven't seen Brad with any confidence since his freshman year. That line was just an NFL line. Ever since then it's just tailed off. And I wanna blame Kehoe because his recruiting efforts were piss poor. They were piss poor. We have no tackles on this team. They're all guards with raptor arms. None of them can – there's no tackles. Darling got beat by uh, Josh Swart, and I'm like but, – but he was 80%, yeah. and he just got blown Dar- by. And I'm like, there, there are times when Darling looks terrible out there, and, I mean, you're, you're right. He should be a guard. But, but, okay, put it to you like this here. You've been around the program for more than 30 years. 
Do you see any of these any of these linemen playing on the top five team and starting? Any of them? Because I don't. I don't know. I'm talking about from I mean from from if you, at Ohio State, Alabama, they're not even cracking the lineup. No, they're at Alabama. They're not playing. No question. And, 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 and that's my point. And that's my point. I just felt like we were just getting bullied, especially like in the third quarter. You saw their D line just like poor McDermott. He was just getting like completely blasted off the line. And I'm just like, we got to go. I mean, he at least plays hard. I, I, you know, Casey. No, plays, no, 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 no. Plays but hard. that's no, 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 Gary. I'm not mistaken that. But what I'm saying is, is that. At this point, if your junior year is either you got it by year three, you know if the player got it or they don't. But it's like we have to ride with what we got because the recruiting hasn't been up to up to par at all in that position. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, the defense has come along, but the offense, I just feel like to line you cringe when Kaya drops back because you don't know if he's going to get Clemson again or if he's going to get knocked out. He got a tooth knocked out in the game, and I'm just like, we shouldn't be. I just feel like in year three with that 2014 class, we shouldn't be making mistakes and be at this level now. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't be yeah. where we're, like, can't getting argue. on referee calls. Yeah. And, listen, you can't leave it in the referee's hands, but it's just like we should – okay, like, for example, the first play of the game, Gary, you saw it, I saw it, my son saw it, he won. Florida State's linebacker was blitzing. Everyone's seen it, and I'm like, Kaya, audible out, audible out. And he play actions right into the guy. I'm like, this is your third year. You're supposed to be the top three quarterback or top two in the Well, in the some, uh, game. that wasn't his fault. Somebody should have picked that guy up. They had two guys over there, and, and neither one of them recognized the, the, the uh, pew. I mean, right, I understand it. it. I understand that, 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 that. That was a bust. But, it, was a, it was a bust, and it shouldn't have happened. But, but Gary, that wasn't, I don't even I, think he pointed out the blitzer, though. I don't even think he identified the blitzer. He just rolled with the play and rolled I mean, I don't, right I, into I, him. I, I don't know if he was supposed to do that or not. You know, the coaches do. But they had enough guys there to block that guy, and nobody went out and got him. Well, Gary, like I said, I mean, I heard callers and stuff, the, you know, callers beforehand talking about the tight ends. But, I mean, it's like Rick really can't do anything if he's asking the tight ends to kind of help, you know, chip block and at least – give, you know, Kaya some time. But we'll see what happens in North Carolina. I'm not going to be a negative Marvin because we're 4-1, and we would be a hell of a lot better if, you know, if Golden was still coaching his team. So I feel excited about that. Um, one question I want to ask you, though, what do you think our chances are, if any chances of us bringing in some, like, some good four-star or, you know, good skilled wide receivers? And I'll just hang up the phone and listen to you talk. Um, okay, yeah, they're they're trying to bring in – uh, some skilled wide receivers. Uh, we, you know, we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I, I think the Devontae Smith kid from Louisiana is an he's elite all Bama receiver. though, Gary. But he's all no, Bama I, I though. Would, no, that's not true. That is not true. He's Miami or Bama, and if he was all Bama, he might have commit. He probably would have committed already. So I wouldn't say he's all Bama. I mean, I think Miami's but he's right been in the there. Bama like he's been the Bama like six, seven, eight times. Since I, you know, summer. I understand, but every everybody can't go to Bama. You know, I mean, they've already got Jerry Judy going there. I'm sure they're recruiting other receivers. I mean, everybody can't go to Bama, so I, I think they got a chance. I'm not saying he's coming. I'm saying they're in the fight there. Um, the Holloman kid, I think, would be a good pickup from Georgia if they can get him uh, the, down here. Um, 
and, you know, to, and interested. Uh, from there, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure if they're going to take Harley or not with Sam Bruce out. You know, maybe they do give Harley a shot to get into this class, and um, you know, maybe somebody else will emerge here before it's all said and done. But that's that's who we're looking at right now. All right, all right. Let me oh, let, let other guys go on. Thank, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week, and uh, we'll talk North Carolina. Let's go now to the seven zero six. You're live on King hey, Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? This is Sebastian. How you doing? What's up, Sebastian? How you doing this week? What you got? Hey, man, just three things. Um, number one, it was good to see Scott Patchman in the game. Nobody said anything about that, but he drilled Francois, and man, he looked he looked pretty oh, good. Oh man, not just to see him in you the game, it? but to see him in the game for one play and make a play like that. I mean, that was great. It, it, it's good to see him. I mean, so I'm looking at the depth on the defensive line, and if he can continue to get healthier and better, that's an improvement. I, I really – the verdict was out on him as far as what type of player he was going to be, but he don't look like he's a dud. He looks like he has I a mean, motor, and he gets healthy and a good strength and conditioning program. I mean, he looks good for another two years, you know. What do you think? The depth – I think the depth that they are building on this defensive line is off the charts. It is un. Believable, and and you know you think about the, project these kids another year, you know Norton, McIntosh, um, Patchen, Bethel, uh, Bethel, you know, the, yeah, Bethel, Demetrius Jackson's playing good football. I think Joe Joe Jackson is going to be unbelievable. I mean, he looks like a future All American to me. And, I mean, I, I, I and, you know, you got the the DJ Johnson kid coming in and recruiting, and um, you know. <laughs> I, I think it's phenomenal. I mean, I mean, they got a chance to build the best offense, the best defensive line group in we, college football. We got, we, we got John Ford, but we need another D tackle. We got John Ford, but we need another run. I don't know that they're going to have the plug. numbers. I, I don't know that they're going to have the numbers to take another D tackle this year, um, okay, because they they got to they got to sign at least five or six offensive linemen. I mean that position's yeah. a total disarray, in my opinion. So, so, speak, you, you so, can't, so speaking of the offensive linemen, what do you think about the American Hetrick kids? You know, they're uh, doing much Slayton better. With them. And they're doing better with them. They're doing much better with both Slayton and Herbert, and um, I, I think there's a great chance that they could get both of them. Um, I would be shocked if they don't get at least one of them. If they get those two and teleport, man, that would be a big. That would be a great haul. That would be a Huge. great haul to go with, to go along great with haul. Donaldson and and, and Zach mm-hmm. Dykstra is not a bad player either. Yes. Hillary, you, you bring in yes. those six guys together, and your offensive yeah. line problems will be solved. Yeah. Okay. You know, so I, I that's, what they, that, that's what they got to do. You know, Miami's got to get back to the point where it, it, it's great at the line of scrimmage. You're going to be able to recruit yeah. good defense backs. You're going to be able to recruit good running backs. You're going to be okay at quarterback. I think with Mark Rick wide and his reputation. Team. Yeah. Yeah. You, sh- you should be okay at wide receiver. Um, they got to get back to being great at the line of scrimmage. You recruit those six guys, and you're, I, I think you're solving your offensive line problem. Yeah. Um, the guy Brini, Brini, Brini. We talked to. I talked about him last Brini, week. He seems, yep. Yeah, he seems pretty positive on Miami. I mean, do you think that's a flip? Twenty four seven sports is showing that he's going to flip to Miami. Um, the crystal ball. Yeah, that's I think, what they're looking at. I think there's a decent chance. I do. Okay, that, that's definitely a kid that we want to get and we want to uh, pick up. Let's see what we kind of do with that. Going back to the game. I'm not going to really blame Mark Rick on the play caller 
We were horrible on third down. We were horrible Terrible. on third down. We were in, we were in, we were in third and long. We were, we were horrible on third down. The other thing I want to be able to say is when I look at the game, the thing that I take away from the game is, one, those guys played well on defense. I mean, our secondary looked good. I mean, it wasn't like Rudolph was just running all over the field and their receivers were kind of getting loose. Fisher had to get creative, you know, but the secondary looked real, real good, and I just hope that we can replenish because well, we're going to lose Elder, we're going to lose Colbert. You know, we've we got to be able to replenish the secondary so we could be good on that. We were not good on third down. We were not good on third down. And in the third quarter, I know we can't be Florida State kicking field goals, but, man, to give up those three points on the interception was huge. What's your thought on that? That was, that, that was, that was huge. Changed the whole game. I, I turned the whole game. It, 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 the whole game turned after that play. Okay, here's my final comment, Gary. And this is, I mean, for us to go the route and to win the Coastal, get the ACC championship game, that is a successful season. By all means, that is a successful season. But the perception of the program, trying to show young kids that they can come in and play and develop, just just look at it from a positive. Let me see show you what I'm talking about. We got three freshman linebackers starting. We got Bethel, that's a good defensive rotational player. We got Joe Jackson, that's a good rotational uh, defensive player. You know, um, we haven't put those guys in the secondary, but I'm just saying, kids in I think in the South Florida has to be looking at that, saying, you know what, you know, everybody can't go to Florida State, everybody can't go to all those other schools, and you know, I can do it here at Miami. I always believe that Miami needs to Dude, be let me, Florida State. If, if, if they get these offensive, they get these offensive linemen they're recruiting, and they get that position shored up, Miami's going to be the place to be. You watch. I think so too. I think so too. I'm nervous about North Carolina. Um, I think we need to start fast. I don't think North Carolina. We can't allow, allow North Carolina to jump on us real quick. Ten points, fourteen points. I think that's going to be pretty tough. If we can get through North Carolina and we could pull out a road win against Virginia Tech, regardless of what happens to the rest of the season, that's success to me. That's well, success. It, I'm not saying I'd be satisfied fly. with eight, nine wins, but that, that that's successful. If they can pull that off, and what's going to take place in the next 10, 11 days, it's going to say a lot about our season. What were you going to say, Gary? Well, if you could survive these two, then you got you got 10 days to – Kind of catch your breath, and then you know go play Notre Dame. So um, you know, yeah, I mean they're critical. They're, the season will be defined here in the next uh, what ten days or whatever, nine days. All right, Gary, put me on hold. But tell, talk to me about a kid that we're recruiting that nobody's really paying attention to. That if we can get in this class would just be absolutely amazing. And just put me on hold. A kid that if you could get it would be amazing um, that we haven't talked about. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Let me look real quick. I mean, that, you know, that, that's kind of tough because we've talked about just about everybody, and, and we've talked about almost everybody t- tonight. But um, I, I will tell you that I think one of the sleepers of the recruiting class is this tight end that they're getting from Texas, Brian Polendi. Um, you know, he's a guy that nobody really thinks about, but I think he's going to be a really good tight end. Um, you know, we just talked about all the O linemen and the the, the, the D linemen. Nothing that linebacker. Nothing that linebacker. Talking about. Um, 
well, they've I mean they've got weight they've got Steed from Miami mm-hmm. Central committed, they've got Bradley Jennings committed, and I think they're gonna get DeAndre Wilder. Um I don't think they'll take more than those three. Um you already, we, I think you you just mentioned Brittany at the at DB. I, I think they got a great chance to get him. Um, I think they're going to get Amari Carter from uh, Palm Beach Gardens. So yeah, I mean that'll be about it. The class will be pretty much done if they get those guys in the offensive lineman and one more receiver. So and a running back. I want so that. I want that receiver it. from Louisiana. I want that receiver from Louisiana. I oh, that I is want so that critical. I, I think he's, I want, he is. He is they, the they gym. He's a, a he's the Amon Richards of this year. He's the Mon yeah. Richards of this year. No, he's Stacy Coley we, is what he is. He's Stacy Coley. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get yeah, that. Yeah, Very important. I, I you know. We'll I see. Keep, it's going to be tough. They got to beat Bama, but we'll see. All right. Hey, right thank keep you me on hold. We, 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 went, we beat North Carolina by a field goal. Keep me on hold. You, all right. You got to give us a call next week. All right, guys. I'm going to take a minute here to talk about uh, one of our major sponsors this year on Kane Sport Live. That's FanDuel.com. And, uh, if you're a fantasy football fan and you're only playing season-long fantasy football, you're really missing out by not jumping on the, the FanDuel train here. You could put your skills to the test this week for a chance to win cash in FanDuel's one-week fantasy football contests. And you just choose your contest, you pick your team, and you win. They have contests for beginners or bigger tournaments for more experienced players. They have leagues that start at just a dollar. And setting up a lineup is really easy because of how well-designed that their website is. And um, they pay out cash prizes every single week, and you can just have an enormous amount of fun playing one-week fantasy football at FanDuel.com. And uh, this week, don't miss out on FanDuel's Sunday Million Tournament, which will pay out at least a million dollars in prizes. And um, I speak from experience here. Um, I've been playing FanDuel now for a couple years, and um, you know we have the, the, the Kane Sport League at, at FanDuel.com forward slash Kane, uh, where they put up big cash prizes uh, every, every single week, and, and that's a lot of fun. And uh, I haven't won it yet. I'm hoping to cash in big uh, before the season is out. But uh, you know, just always having a great time uh, playing with all the guys on FanDuel.com. And um, so you think you know fantasy football? You know, FanDuel gives you your chance to prove it. And you can try FanDuel right now and get up to $50 in free entries as a listener of Kane Sport Live. New users, new users who deposit will get five free entries into NFL 50-50 Beginners Contest, valued at up to $50. You'll get one free entry a week for five weeks. Um, by going to FanDuel.com, you click the Join Now button, you use the Kane Sport Live promo code, Kane, C-A-N-E, and you'll get that special deal. That's FanDuel.com, promo code Kane, and you'll get five free entries into NFL 50-50 beginner contests uh strongly encourage you if you haven't jumped on yet this season to go to fanduel.com try it out for a week or two and and, um experience the fantasy football craze on a weekly basis that's fanduel.com just remember use the promo code kane when you sign up and you'll get that special offer thank you fanduel.com all right 646-595-2048 is the number 646-595 2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. 
We've got about, uh, let's see, about 40 minutes left here tonight, a little less than 40 minutes. i got a ton of guys still in the queue waiting to get on. So I'm going to urge you callers, keep your points real tight. Let's get you in and out. Let's get everybody on, and uh, then we'll move on to North Carolina. Let's go out now to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. Can you hear me? I can hear you. That's you. Hi, this is a JJ13. Um, I was at the game on Saturday, and I just want to say the game atmosphere was nuts. Like, you know, I know <clears throat> with the hurricane, uh, was it Matthew that happened? There were some recruits like DJ Dallas. I remember that had indicated, and also Holland, and they couldn't make it down. But was just glad to see the fans just 100% behind the team. And me personally, Gary, I actually loved the fans' reaction to the bad call about Jamal Carter getting ejected you know it just showed you know everybody there how much people really care so um a couple of game observations I just want to mention so you guys were talking a little bit about Stacey Coley and also about Berrios me personally the thing that I do like about Stacey Coley is that now two years in a row against FSU he has come to play so I believe he was Miami's best player the last two years he you know does need to get a little bit tougher but he is the best player or he rises to the occasion should I say um, the other thing that I thought about <clears throat> earlier that one of the callers mentioned, Braxton Berrios, when he's in there on offense, doesn't do anything. He can't get open. He's fast. Like, you know, he's a great kick returner, but or, yeah, kick returner, but he doesn't do much else. So I wanted to kind of get your take on that uh, about the game, the atmosphere. I don't think that's fair. I, I don't think that's fair. Listen, Florida State has DBs that are just as fast as the Miami players. I, I thought they did a great job the other night. Uh, but I don't think it's fair to say Braxton Barrios can't get open. I think you're going to see him get open a lot uh, in the rest of the games this season. I, I thought you saw what kind of gamer he is on that punt return. I mean, that kid just willed that punt return to happen. I mean, you could just see it in his eyes, he, the way he was stalking the field, uh, waiting for that punt. And then when he got the ball, the determination uh, – and the explosion that he showed on that punt return. I mean, the, the kid's a gamer. I'm a big Braxton Berrios believer, and, and I think he's going to be a big part of this offense before it's all said and done. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I, mean, I hope that he definitely, you know, comes along. I'm hoping because they need, you know, other than Coley and uh, what's his name, Richards, you know, if Berrios explodes like he did do, you know, on that particular punt return, great. One question I had for you um, you know, I did a little bit of reading about some of the recruits' reaction after the game, people that were there and also people that – recruits that couldn't make it, but you actually had a chance to talk to. Who do you feel maybe are the two or three rec- um, potential recruits, ones that haven't committed yet, that you feel, you know, before the end of the year will sign with Miami? Like I'm saying the most likely of the ones you spoke to. Um, I would say Wilder from Carroll City uh, is very likely. I think Jordan Wright from Dillard uh, is very likely. Uh, we haven't mentioned him yet tonight. Um, hmm. uh, I think Brinney, great chance with Brinney from um, from Hialeah, the cornerback. Uh, I think Amari Carter, the safety from Palm Beach, great chance there. Um, those are probably the ones that I think, you know, right now are the, are the most likely. I mean, obviously, there's other kids being recruited, McFarland, Devonta Smith, uh, Holloman. But if you're asking me who I think are the most likely to be in the class, the, the ones I just mentioned would probably be them. Okay, okay, great, great. Well, 
That's all for me, Gary. Just want to say great job, and, you know, I feel really good about the way that, what do you call it, the direction the team is headed. Like, I know, you know, we spoke a little bit about the coaching aspect, and Rick, one thing I want to throw out there is that he was the offensive coordinator at FSU for years, and they kicked a lot of people's butt, like in the Peter Warwick, Ron Dugan's era. So um, he can call plays, but I, the only thing I didn't really see a lot in the game was the use of the tight ends. They had him wide, like Najoku was wide, spread out wide, and I kept thinking they were going to go to him or even down in the red zone where they were having a little bit of trouble punching the ball in. So if they bring you know, that into play, they're good. So. Here's what I here's what I think. I, I, you know, when you go 4 of 13 on third down, you're limiting yourself offensively, and you're not getting enough plays in the game, and, and you're always going to be left sitting there saying, oh, we didn't get the ball to this guy, or we didn't get the ball to that guy enough. Um, you know, 60 plays is just in a, in a game like that, where you're going up tempo a lot and the other team's going up tempo just doesn't cut it. I mean, you want it to be more like six, 70, 75 and you, you know, you have another 10, 15 plays of offense. You know, now maybe you're getting the Joku the ball a couple times. Maybe Mark Walton's getting an extra three or four carries. You see, you see what I'm saying? And yeah. you know, it, they just didn't have enough plays in the, in the game and they didn't have enough plays at Georgia tech either. So that's two games in a row where they haven't had a chance to run enough offense in my opinion and and that's why i think we're sitting here noting that certain guys aren't really in that involved hmm. well that was something i thought of too is that again same thing against georgia tech the offense i mean is like devastatingly a quick strike offense with that i mean they can do you in three plays and totally for a touchdown Amon richards mark walton you know a break off long runs but if they can keep you know doing these sustained drivers eating up clock you know, keep FSU offense off the field, for example, they win. You know, it was looking for a while like the score is going to be like 28 to 10 before that um, interception by Kaya. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. All right, you got anything else? Well, Gary, me? thank you. No, you no, got thank it, you very much for enjoying it. You got it. Give us a call next week. All right, let's go to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? It's this Port City Kane. Again, uh, this week I, I'm enjoying the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the show great. I'm trying to be real fast. I was uh, really, you know, just like any other fan, we were disappointed with the loss. I'm I'm very excited about the effort. You know, I think that all the guys out there had that warrior mentality. A couple of them that i like to point out is Jaquan Johnson had a super game. I was very proud of uh, of number 91. But getting back in the game, even though he was hurt, you know, even though he's hurt, he still gutted it out and got into the game. I think that there were a couple of key plays in there that I don't think get enough pub that really made a difference. Tight end, like I said, you four mission about the kicker making a play, but that tight end grabbing Jaquan Johnson's shoulder pad because it looked like a pick six for me. I don't know what eventually was the end of that drive, whether or not we scored a touchdown or not, but that tight end made a big play too. They made a big play reaching out there to grab him. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they, you're right. They had that one, and they had the one with the punter. That those two uh, shoestring tackles were huge plays in that game. Yeah, Even and I Miami think that the effort on, level. Miami went on for after the second one, but oh, but I think the effort level was there. You know, about anything that we was doing, everybody was playing as hard as they could play. You know, time and chance came to us. 
We didn't take a, take advantage of it. I think that we could have very easily have won that game. I didn't like the officiating. I thought that that was not targeting at all. That was a dirty play by Matthew Thomas, though, because he targeted uh, Brad Callier. But I don't think that was targeting at all. It was another call in there that wasn't called on a third down play in which Malcolm Johnson was targeted, and the guy had his hands, had grabbed Malcolm Johnson, Malcolm Malcolm Lewis, I'm sorry, Malcolm Lewis, he grabbed Malcolm Lewis while the ball was in the air and then ran through Malcolm Lewis, and there was no call that was made. I thought that was a horrible holding call because the other guy intertwined his arms into Tyree St. Louis and, and really made it. It had no consequence to the play at all, and that was big and huge for us uh, in, in what we was doing. I'm just excited about the direction that we was going. The play calling was so-so, but I think that the biggest thing that that game really spoke to is the lack of athleticism in both our quarterback position and our offensive line. We don't we got some good guys up there, they some good people, but they not real athletic. And and in the guys that we're gonna be recruiting this year, I think that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for guys who are a lot more twitchy them on their own self and their hips and they can get out there and make the blocks that those guys weren't able to make. It was a lot of blocks that were there where they just weren't able to make the blocks. And I don't think that it was because they was getting overpowered, but you got to get your feet in position in order for your arms and your hips and your legs to be strong. And so many times in those offensive linemen, they really didn't. I want to say the same thing about the quarterback position. I, I, I like Greg Kaya. I think he's a great quarterback. He does everything. But I'm really anxious to see the Nicosi Perry or whoever's age is to come next because – not having the ability to run the ball really, I mean, it really accentuates the fact that your offensive line isn't as what it needs to be because in a lot of ways, a lot of those running quarterbacks, they bail out a lot of the, a lot of the plays where they're blown assignments or where the offensive line doesn't do, do what it needs to do. I got a couple of questions, and the biggest thing is I'm excited about the linebackers. It was unfortunate that a couple of those plays, and I think that they padded those couple of plays where Mike Pinkney didn't get out there and uh, fell down on that, on that long wheel route, and the other where we didn't wrap up, they padded Davin Cook's numbers because without those two plays, he doesn't have all those yards from, the, from scrimmage. He got a whole lot of play yards from scrimmage based off of uh, mishaps on our, on our behalf. I just want to say also that uh, Corn Elder and all the rest of those guys, they played super out there, and they did everything that they needed to do. I got a couple of questions, and I'm going to ask all the questions at one time. Do you think in this class that there will be a linebacker that will be as impactful as these three linebackers that we have? I want to make another comment. I was excited to see the explosiveness of Darian Owens on that one play, too. I think he's closer to being back to where he needs to be, and it's going to help our depth as we move forward. I agree with you. These next two weeks of our season, we got to go in there and we got to handle business. We got to understand that you can that that North Carolina is a desperate team, and we're going to have to really come out there and match their energy and match their determination coming up. But the first thing, do we have a linebacker in this class that's going to make as big an impact as the linebackers that we've had in this class? Next. Uh, do we have a, a, a long uh, the defensive line? We said Jordan Wright. I got concerns about him. Do you think that we'll have the same concern with him being a slight builded guy and trying to put that muscle on him? And will he still be the same explosive guy? And how do we look as far as with, we've been talking about those receivers, but as far as will we take 
if we get a chance to get two of those two receivers, will we take both of those two receivers under any circumstances, or will we? Are we just? And that's that's my last question. And after you answer my right. questions, you can put me on hold. I know it's got a lot of people trying to call. All right, the receivers, if they can get both, yes, I think they would take both. Uh, Jordan Wright, uh, I agree with you. He, he does have kind of a slight build, but I don't think they need him to play right away. They could take a couple years and build him up um, and, and then try to try to develop him in that way. And I'm, uh, My guess is that's what they're thinking because there's a number of defensive ends that they have on, on the roster right now. And, um, and then, let's see, the other question you asked me was about the linebackers and um, – me personally, I, I no, I don't think any of the, the Bradley Jennings or, or, or Wayne Steed are going to come in and beat out uh, these guys that are playing right now. That's my personal opinion uh, from what I've seen of them so far. Um, DeAndre Wilder's a good player. Also, I'm not sure he's going to come in and beat these guys out either. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think that they're all decent players, and uh, they give the, the coaches some young guys to work with, but I'm, um, I'm very impressed with the three freshman linebackers that are playing this year. I think your observation about Darian Owens was a good one. I agree that he also looks like he's starting to get some of his explosion back as well. So that, that was a good sign. All right, let's go out to the 601. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, Garrett, it's me? Yep. Hey, yeah, it's Steve from Mississippi. Hey, um, What's up, Steve? I got two Two quick things. Uh, Gary, do you think that the ACC and the officiating crew really want Miami in the ACC? Because um, you can go back to back when Randy Shannon was coaching. Uh, we always got these type of Bush League calls against us, you know, even know. like in the Duke game. Even in the Duke game, you know, how you don't even see in the NFL that you get three passing interference call in a row. And then still the ACC coming out – and disputing about the fishing call, they they I mean taking up for us, they they disputing about the fishing calls. Uh the Duke win. You know, um that's one thing. Um, the second thing, Gary, um um the offense. You know, um this offense that we should we should adopt is uh back when the two thousand four the Indianapolis Coast offense. You know, we got the basically the same setup. You know, the Colts had an undersized offensive line. You know, they got the two outstanding wide receivers, Reggie Wayne and um, Harris. You know, they got the two tight ends, Clark and Pillard. And then they bring Stokely in as a as a, um, third wide receiver and Edgen James as a running back. You know, and they put up all these numbers back then, and we had this, basically the same setup right now. You know, and use Brad up on the center and use the scratch plays and give him seven, eight yards back to do with it if you want to throw a pass or run run off run off uh, the tackle. You know. I look I look forward to uh, what's coming up ahead. You know, I think we got a good chance to win the A C C and actually I do think we got a good chance to go eleven and eleven and one. You know. I'll leave that to you. All right. I'm with you. Uh it starts this weekend now. Let's see how they do against North Carolina and then the next challenge after that would be Virginia <laughs> Tech. Sorry, I don't North think Carolina. Yeah, I don't think you can look past those two, but I agree with you. I, I, there's no reason why th- this team is good enough to do what you just said, which would make them the talk of college football. If they if they were able to do it, but it's got to be it's one game at a time. Injuries are a variable. If they, if they get another injury on the offensive line, it's going to be problematic. 
So, you know, let's take it one game at a time, see what happens. But I agree with you. Well, they do have a chance. Well, you know, I mean, even like the, in the hip hop offense line, you know, we do the stretch play where they're blocking, they blocking pushing. Still, we, we can't block nobody straight up. You know, we block in an angle pushing to someone, and, you know, and that would give our running backs a chance at least to get to the outside and give Brad at least seven, eight yards where he can sit up in the pocket and throw and don't be gun shy. You know. Yeah. All right, man, give us a call next week. Let me shoot through some more yes. some more of these calls. I want to try to give everybody a chance. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right, let's go to the uh, 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 850, you with us? Going once? Hello? Yeah, that's you. Hello? Hey, yeah, there, I got go a mistake. Just, yeah, I got it. I got it in a mistake. Just leave me a hole. Okay. Uh, let's go to the uh, 239. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. So, quick question. And it's a big question, but it's a quick question. I know I read the thing about we got to make someone pay next week for this loss to FSU and everything. Historically, we have not rebounded well after the Florida State loss. I'd go so far as to say that it's tanked us after the Florida State loss the last couple of years. Tight losses. We lay it all out in the field just like we did last week. Put everything we got into it, come out of the short end of the stick, and we just can't rebound. New coaching staff, some new players. Do we lose next week with a hangover from the Florida State loss like the last two weeks? And I don't so, think so. Why? I, if not, why? I don't think so. If they lose to North Carolina, it's going to be because North Carolina beats them. But um, I don't think it's going to be because of a hangover. I think this team is past that. I think these coaches will not allow that. Um, and they're very in tune to that possibility and and I think they're coaching these kids real hard this week and I think this is a very focused group of kids I mean uh, they've they've had disappointments I think they want to accomplish something this season so you know I'm not saying they're guaranteed to beat North Carolina I don't feel that way I I think North Carolina is a very dangerous team that can do a lot of things offensively Uh, but I think Miami's offense has no excuses this week, but to have a great week and, and put up a lot of points, and uh, and it should be enough to win. And and I don't think that they're going to show up not ready to play. So about the offense, you know, watching that game, I was supposed to be at the game, but my flights got canceled from Atlanta because of the hurricane and everything. Um, but anyway, watching it on TV, you know, I'm not going to belabor all the points that everyone's made. That said. Uh, I didn't see a defense out of Florida State, either from the linebackers or their secondary or their defensive line, that was averaging letting up 40 or 45 points a game, that was averaging letting 400 to 500 yards a game. I didn't see that defense on the field. What happened there? Oh, I felt they, like they made adjustments. They made adjustments. They brought more guys into the box. They 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 started playing man defense with their corners, and they were successful at it. And um, you know, they kind of changed things up a little bit. And uh, I'm sure Miami was caught a little bit off guard by some of the stuff they were doing uh, because it, it was a little bit different. But uh, give them credit. You know, the, 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 their defensive coordinator was under the gun. People were calling for him to be dismissed. Uh, there was there was a lot of panic about the defense, and, and they, they rallied together. And I thought Florida State's defense played a great game. Nothing came easy. Yeah, well, no, nothing. I mean, well, to our credit as well, I think that we, we adjusted. I think that they just kept adjusting. And it really, I think this thing became a chess match. I think it boiled down to three things. Our offensive line. Um, just not being good enough. 
I think, boiled down to them out-executing us in the second half. We had a lot of drops in the second half. We had blown assignments on defense. We had some ticky-tack, granted, but we had some holds, some penalties that were just unforgivable. And I think there was a chess match between Jimbo Fisher and Mark Richt, and it pains me to say it, and I don't think it'll be the case forever, but I think Jimbo Fisher won. What do you think? I thought he did a good job uh, finding a couple plays to score. And, you know, the, he's, he's the master of that. And uh, they set those plays up great. They, 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 they got Miami caught inside with those young linebackers and did what they had to do. I mean, you're, I mean, you're right. You've got to give them credit because Miami was doing a great points, job against them. And the last two points about that, and, well, one of them is going to be more to North Carolina a little bit, but – you know, Florida State's had these great coaches with these great quarterbacks, and part of it, I think, has been their recruiting at a very high level. Part of it, I think, is their coaching consistently with, you know, with a good staff at a high level. This DeAndre Francois guy scares me. He played phenomenally well for a redshirt freshman. He's Charlie Ward. He's the reincarnation of Charlie Ward. Bruised, battered, didn't matter. I don't know what he was snorting in that tent to keep him going when he was taking <laughs> hit after hit after hit. He was right? getting killed. Oh, yeah. I mean, we look, again, credit to our defensive line and to Coach Cool. They have more than answered the bell. They've exceeded expectations in intensity, in effort, execution, all of it. They have just killed it. That said, it didn't seem to matter against this kid. He just kept bouncing up and going and bouncing up and going and making – I mean, he was threading the needle with some of these passes on some of these slant routes and crossing routes where he put the ball all, the only place it could go on tight ropes 20 yards down the field after he had just been limping around and coming out of the field and getting hit by a 300-pound you know, Mack truck from our defensive line. I, I don't want to see what he's going to do against us next year. I don't want to see what he's going to do against us the year following. You know, hopefully he, uh, he yeah. leaves that. You're going to have to deal with him for at least two, probably three, because I don't know if he's the kind of player that's going to go to the National Football League early. So, I mean, well, he's, a, he, last, he's a hell of a player. Well, the last thing I want to see is him play against us every year. That said, we'll, we'll, we'll be ready for him, I'm sure, because we have great coaches and our team's only going to get better. The last point, um, you know, they showed on TV, I mean, I'm sure we've all seen it, literally the tooth that came out of Brad's head. Brad's a competitor. You know, he has ice in his veins. I give him total credit for that. We've been reading every week about how this offensive line takes it personally when their quarterback gets hit, okay? Their quarterback got – our quarterback, okay, this offensive line's quarterback got hit way too many times, very, very hard. The guy literally lost a part of himself on that field last night out of his mouth. Are they going to finally get down to brass tacks, say enough's enough, we are guys getting killed out there, and it's because of us, and we're going to fix it. Or are they just not? I don't think it? their failure has to do with lack of effort or lack of want. I mean, I think they're 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 quality kids. They want to do well. I just think they're not very good. I mean, Trevor Darling, I think, could be an okay guard. He's playing out of position. Um, you know, Nick Linder is an overachiever, in my opinion. I mean, he you know he's made himself into a decent center. Uh, but 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 to me, you know, he's an overachiever kind of kid. Uh, Casey McDermott is, is a solid player. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm just not sure he has the athletic ability to be great, but he's a solid player. Uh, you know, at right tackle, Sonny Adagwu, yeah, at times was a major liability. St. Louis is a young kid who's still learning what he's doing. Um, 
So, you know, Danny Isadora is, is probably the best offensive lineman. He's an experienced guy. But, it, you know, when you're playing Appalachian State or you're playing Georgia Tech or you're playing FAU and FAMU, those guys can hold up fine. When you go to the elite level teams, like uh, I know Florida State has two losses, but uh, I, I think everyone would agree they're a top 10 caliber team and they have better defensive linemen that are that are great players then that's where this line struggles and um you know you got uh, the the Marcus Walker kid who's one of the best defensive ends in the country you got that Josh Sweat kid that was a five-star defensive end um I know there's times when they've been disappointed with him but you know he, he's a pretty darn good player that the uh the, the Naldi guy in the middle looked like a beast to me I mean you know Florida State's got a good defensive line and that's when this offensive line gets exposed so uh, last last thing, you, you can put me on hold, get other callers on. Um, Stacey Searles, how do you feel about him? Do you have any feelings about him? What do you think he's trying to accomplish now? Are we going to adjust scheme? Are we going to start pulling these offensive linemen and stop just trying to straight pass block because it's not getting the job done? How do you think he's doing, and what adjustments do you think he's making moving forward? I like Stacey Searles. I, I don't think there's a lot he can do. I, I mean, I think that, you know, there they have no depth at offensive line. Um, it's the, it's the weakest position on the team, and I think he's he's doing the best that he can with those guys. I don't I don't think there's much more he can do. Well, well right. I hope. Let me let, uh, let those guys put on. Give us a call next week. Thanks. All right, let's go to the two five six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama, man. All right, Juan, talk to us. What you got? Hey, yo, so I joined the show pretty late. Uh, what's the deal with Jamal Carter? Did he get cleared? Did they review the tape and uh, realize they made a I bad call? I haven't heard of any appeal that's been successful or anything. As of right now, he has to sit out the first half. All right. Um, let's see what else. I was, uh, who's the best uh, recruiter from our coaches? Probably Ron Dugan. I'd say Ron, Ron Dugan right now has been the one that, that looks to me like the best. I mean, how has uh, the offensive line coach, like, if you had to give me his, his recruiting resume, uh, you know, what he's did in the past, like, what's has he got anybody pretty damn good? Uh, um, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't studied his recruiting record, but, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. He's very personable. I think he'll do fine. I mean, they're doing well with these offensive linemen they're recruiting. So there's no, there's no issues there. Okay. Then. All right, um, on, the Sam Bruce situation, what happened with that? He's a train wreck. He's a professional train wreck. And he's a kid that, that, you know, kind of got off the, the proper path going all the way back to the, his senior year of high school and, you know, maybe getting knocked to the ground like this will inspire him to get his act together. But uh, just became a, pro- a professional train wreck, <laughs> and they had, to, they, had to, they had to cut him loose. They don't have time. Well, they don't have time to babysit. Well, no time to babysit Sam Bruce. Well, I hope everything works out for him, Gary. And I, and I hope he's in North Carolina, man. Give me a hope. You got it, man. Give us a call next week. Let's go to the uh, 757 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
<laughs> told man it takes forever to get on this game. What's that, man? I'm going to break this down real quick and fast. Okay, the defense doesn't seen in five years. The offensive line, yeah, they look bad, but it's full of Florida State. Ask Francois when he threw that touchdown pass, he'll sit on the damn ground looking like, where the hell I go? That's when Dalvin Cook made the TD. So I'm tired of excuses. Number three, Ty got outplayed by a redshirt freshman. I don't want to hit. Ain't no excuses. You're a junior. No excuses. No offense or whatever the case. Um, other than that, man, it's too late. Everybody done all the way went by. I'll let D-Black and them. Hopefully we beat Carolina. But, hey, that FSU game means all the world to me. But winning the Coastal, it's all right. But it ain't like beating FSU. All seven years in a row. Enjoy the rest of your day. See you next Tuesday. I'm out. Peace. All right, Kane Kane. Thanks as always for getting on. Let's go to the nine seven three. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary. Thanks for taking the call as always, man. Um Who's this? It's Ross Ross of Jersey, of course. All right, um, what's up, Ross? Go ahead, give it to us quick. John Johnson almost made me look good. Had the interception and was critical because a play happened while he was not on the field. Also, we forgetting that. I think they got the touchdown or a big play and he was off the field, he was hurt. You know, um, we're talking about the offensive line. Darlin made a play where he tried to whip, he tried to cut the guy low. The, it was know, the worst offensive it. line play I've ever seen. That oh was horrific. My. Oh, my. What a, what a joke. That was ridiculous. It made I agree. Sick. It's one thing to be out of position. It's one thing that that's not your position. You can't play it well. But that's just telling me he's tired. Or not, 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 not making an excuse for him. He know he doesn't have the technique, so he said, oh, well, go get my quarterback because I'm just going to try to go for your feet, and whatever happens, he'll get rid of it. No, he's not going to get rid of the ball because it just, it, just, it just bothers me. It just bothers me all the way around when it comes to this offensive line. But here's the thing. You and somebody else was talking about, um, oh, if we get four or five of those guys in, we're, offensive line, we'll be solid. Yes, I agree, but I also think I would love to get all four or five of those guys in. But we, I think we need to go find some guys in the junior ranks, just to plug in. Because I said nobody's job, nobody's job on the offensive line is safe. No one should be yeah, talking I, about they have anything like next year. I'd like to get a juke or two also. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. So we, I want to bring in four guys that's good for the future and probably present. One is probably one or two is going to play, but we got to have some plugging guys because we can't go out there next year with four freshmen on the offensive line. Sounds good, but no. that's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? No. So, um, also, McDermott will be, Darling will be back. McDermott will be back. Um, I think Linder will be back. Um, Isadora's gone. Um, you know, St. Louis will be back. And, and I think Navon Donaldson will start at guard. Yeah, and then we got the guy from, um, from Clemson, I mean, from um, LSU. Maybe we could plug him in. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we could plug him in and see what happens. He'll help with depth. Maybe he could surprise us. And we yeah. got the kid Johnson that's sitting out of the got We got some, we got some guys, but let's. We need, yeah. we need a plug. Let me ask you this, How many of those guys, if we could get – you you talking about getting four or five of those offensive guys, offensive linemen, but does that mean we have those numbers or we're going to have to let some guys go like Jones and some of these offensive no, linemen? No, no, no. I think they've got to still have the numbers. I think they'll take six. Okay. So if we have the numbers, then that, that's beautiful if we don't got to let anybody go. I do think we do got to get rid of Jones. But anyway, let me move on to that. Um, real, real quick. Kaya is back. I know I'm not I'm – not, coming at him or anything, but he's back to faking at a running back that's not there. That's way too much time. He made a couple of those plays where you're faking to a running back that's not there, like you're trying to fake like he's going to run, and that's wasting motion. Just get rid of the ball. 
they got they got to get away from that with him faking to the running back and then going to I don't know if they got to get away from it. They got to they got to execute it better. Yeah, it looks terrible when it's everybody knows yeah, you're, not, not, running, you're not, not going to them. Yeah, you're not going to no, Yeah, you're not going to that running back. It, we we know it's not happening. You know, we know that's not happening. And um, also, Gary, last year, and I keep talking about this. Now I'm happy because I think the way you signed, you're gonna you're gonna make you're gonna smile on this one. Last year, you was at this point, you were saying there's no difference makers on the defense. I think you could name two or three now, though, right? Without question, massive upgrade. Okay. All right, and, well, um, let me. Oh, one more, one more, one more. On the recruiting end, yeah, yeah, on the recruiting end, I do think, I do think we still need to bring some type of, some type of rover guy in because Johnson might be moving to that safety spot. We still got to bring a difference maker type of guy doing what he's doing right now on the field. I can't remember everything because I want to get everybody else in. Well, I mean, on, that, 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 could, that could end up being DJ Dallas. I mean, you, you're going to sign a lot of DBs here this year. You're going to sign probably six DBs. So. Yeah, whatever. I just, I just want to make sure we have we're real straight there. And the offensive line, man, come on. Oh, gosh. we got to get that together. At the end. We've got to no get it together with that. All, All right, right Ross, call next week. Keep, yep. keep me on. Right. You got it. Let's go to the 907. You're on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, twice. All right, let's go to the uh, 305. You're on Kate Sport Live. Going once, twice. All right, come on, guys. I'm going to blow right through these. 786, you're live on Kate Sport Live. Hello. That's you. How you doing, Gary? This is Ayo from Gainesville. What's up, man? What you got? Um, what I noticed in the game was that Jamal Carter was out of place a lot. They say Mike Pinky fell on the big credit of Dalvin. But if you really think about it, Jamal Carter, his last line of defense, and he ran all the way down from safety on a fake run play and got beat over top. He was, a yep. lot, he was out of place a lot of plays just like last year. He, he, he took and a I, bad angle. Yes, he did. I feel more comfortable with Jaquan Johnson back there this week for the first half because he plays better with his eyes. And he won't, we won't really have to worry about Worry about giving up the big plays. The way Carolina plays offense, I think you're going to see Jaquan Johnson playing the same role he's been playing, which is kind of like as a as a third linebacker slash safety. But I really prefer Jamal Carter in that position because him being the last line of defense, I, I just don't see it because yeah. this last game showed. Well, you know, yeah. Johnson will be at safety in the first half, and then when Carter comes back in, I think you'll see him go back to that that role is like a linebacker slash safety. All right, you got anything else? Um, no, that's, that's it. All right, man, give us a call next week. Uh, let's go to the uh, six, six, seven, eight. Whoa, wait a minute. Give me a, give me a minute here. The board just went crazy on me. Yeah, let, let's go six, seven, eight. You're live on Kings. Gary, what's up? Doing good. Who's this? Hi. Right. Oh, okay, this kind of jockey. Hey, <clears throat> I was wrong. Uh, but you know, we we gave that game away. But one, uh, two things I noticed: um, people talking about Kaya, uh, we need a mobile quarterback. No, Tom Brady in New England Patriots, they're in the Super Bowl area, and nobody say, hey, Tom Brady need to be like Cam Newton. He need to be Kaya, and he a pocket passer, and he throw the football. Now what? You just I, gotta what, give him a pocket. You know, yeah, you gotta, 
Right. You got it. Basically, we've been saying we know the O line suck. We've been saying that for years, but, but for two years that they wasn't gonna be a problem. I won't say suck because I don't believe they suck. But the thing is, um, North Carolina they don't they don't have the same athlete on defense. See, we don't have speed. Like Mark Rick was saying, we need speed outside, so we can't throw the ball deep because we don't have nobody fast enough to get down there when Florida State sending all those athletes, four and five stars, off the edge all night, and yep. we got to suck Miami's offense so we, against Carolina's defense is obviously a much better matchup for Miami than Florida State. Both ways, offensive too, because they don't have a Dalvin Cook that can go 100 anytime he touched the ball. So oh, we don't have to – they got a tough quarterback, and they got a couple receivers that are gamers. So, uh, right. defense is going to have to. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what we see Knowles this week with the um, suspension, or who, who's the second safety up at? Uh, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I mean, they could go that way and leave Jaquan Johnson where he was, or they could play Jaquan Johnson at safety and, and maybe use uh, Zach McLeod a little bit more. We'll see what they do. So talent wise, we should win thirty to twenty with Florida State, who's who had the number two, one class this past year, number two and the number one and three class the last four years. We shouldn't see no team like that. We should run the table because if twenty to nineteen is the best recruiting class we we play against, then we we shouldn't have no problem winning the rest of them. That's all I have here. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys, great show tonight. Um, thank you, everybody, that called in. Uh, I want to thank FanDuel.com. Uh, I want to thank um, MyBookie.ag. And I want to thank Harry's.com all for sponsoring us, as they have all season. Huge game on Saturday against North Carolina. Hope everybody gets out to the stadium, and then we'll come back next Tuesday night to talk about it. Hopefully we will not be providing therapy next Tuesday night. It'll be a celebration, and we'll be getting ready for the big Thursday night game against Virginia Tech. So thank you again, everybody, for being part of Kane Sport Live. We'll see you next Tuesday night.